1: This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Alright, this is Kenny Omega we this is the One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know
3: what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts
2: to me. Goodbye and good night, Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm your host, James Boyd. And with me, I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? I remember your name this week.
3: Hey,
1: progress, like the UK promotion, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Um, just chilling, you know, um, long weekend and we got a lot to talk about or not that much to talk about this week since we did that uh, mid-show, mid-week show last week,
2: but uh, of course, we are going to bring it only as we can. Yeah, man. So, where do you want to start? Uh, I I would say we start with Elimination Chamber, That's that's what brought us here, right? Sure, let's do it. Okay overall thoughts on the show in general so i was preparing
1: for a disaster Mm -hmm. but to me it was like just a below average show it wasn't like um you know it wasn't like anything offensive like i don't think you know it like was a bad show by any means i thought uh the wrestlers you know as they often do you know (laughs) Stand up to the challenge that's <laughs> laid before them. They're like, "Yeah, we really ain't give y'all shit," you know. So go out there and save it in the ring. And yeah. you know, on a couple occasions they were able to. Others, there were. It was just you know, eh, okay. It was it was a easy show to watch. Um, I I didn't think it was you know unnecessarily a needed show, but yeah. um, you know that's the the way the calendar rolled. I don't really have too much to say about it that's interesting because i didn't really find the show interesting Mm -hmm. but um you know you at least they had like the courtesy to not produce a train wreck like that thank you
2: yeah yeah um this is definitely no um hell on a cell from last year at all um yeah i, I kind of have the same feeling you do like i feel like this show is somewhere in the middle like if you want to give it one thumbs down i'm not gonna say you're crazy if you give it one thumbs up i'm not gonna say you're crazy this is it's just mid <laughs> Just yeah, a mid like, show like, uh, like an
1: average like we always say like you know if there's a, a hundred point scale right you know we're not saying it's an 80 we're not even saying it's a 70
2: it might be like a 57 like
3: <laughs>
1: so. yeah something like
2: that. yeah it's it's definitely somewhere between 35 to 65, or whatever. Or actually, probably no closer to, you know, uh, 40 to 60. Definitely in that range. Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that the matches that worked were matches where they got, got out the way and didn't do anything ridiculous with their booking or a bad match layout. And the matches that um, people have problems with isn't because the wrestling is necessarily bad or, or anything. It was just that they did things to water down the stories that were told leading up to it, and we'll go through them, um, match by match. Or we'll undercut it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, let's just start from the beginning. We'll end up going to, um, I think the best match of the night, uh, Daniel <laughs> Prime versus Drew Gulak. I, I love this fucking match. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I um, um, like half of this okay so i didn't know how you were gonna feel about it now that you were officially have you know shunned off all things that involve grappling so i didn't know, I didn't know how you were gonna take this rich like you're like nah bro that, that looked like it was too hard like they so, were so, like it was too much of a struggle <laughs> so, I don't know how nah.
1: know. So, so i was like booting up uh the network but it like um you know, I didn't get into the match until like midway. So I missed a lot of the, okay. you know, them rolling around, feeling on each other stuff. I, I missed all that stuff. So um, <laughs> but I did get there when, you know, Daniel Bryan was like getting dropped on his head, <laughs> taking those bumps on purpose or whatever. And then he was like selling the arm like he's losing feeling with his yes. arm shaking. And then Michael Cole, like it takes him forever to pick up on it. And then he, he does it, you know, and I, I'm just immediately like I'm like, fuck you. Like, like, fuck, like, fuck y'all for, for like, trying to do, sell this damn Brian neck trauma, uh, is leaving him paralyzed. Like, fuck you for, for making me watch this. Like, that's, that's where I was at on it. I started getting a bunch of text messages from, like, you know, uh, like Dave Fender, who's like, WWE just had their first five-star match, and I don't know how long. I'm like,
3: I'm
1: like, I didn't respond. I was like okay, like, what I saw, it was fine, like, I didn't feel like I was watching any type of five-star match or anything, but I only saw, like, the last, like, five or six minutes of it, so the, um, the deal with it, you know, I, I look today, of course not, it's not no five-star match. Of course, but, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, You know, I, I always want more for Daniel Bryan, but, you know, he's doing this thing where he's picking his opponents and programs. I'd sure like him to pick a WrestleMania opponent and a program, <laughs> uh, because, you know, you're looking at it, you know, all the results here and I'm like, well, where are you fitting in?
2: I mean <laughs> I I see potential as Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, but outside of that, I don't really I don't really see a spot for him um for for WrestleMania right now. Just leave him off the card. <laughs> I don't think you they're
1: know, gonna do that. You know, um, I mean, look, I, between the Andre the Giant battle royal being left off,
2: take the leave off. Nah, he gotta get you gotta get that check you gotta get that check for making the date, at least. Yeah, um, uh, but you know, I only saw half the match,
1: but what I saw yeah. was cool, and you know, I just didn't you know, I was not a fan of the you know, we're going to sell down Bryant being paralyzed in this match, and he's gonna uh, land like that on
2: purpose. Huh, I didn't I didn't take it as far as that as they were selling some type of um serious grave, like they didn't pull, like Michael Cole didn't break out the voice.
1: Yeah, I'm, right? I'm also not a fan of like the the Dan O'Brien is washed up like a Jace, like type of storylines or whatever. Like I'm, I'm not, what vibes like, do you
2: get from that, from this storyline? So
1: I, I'm not a fan of the, the Dan O'Brien, you know, is washed up a Jace, you know, storylines or whatever, like, uh, Drew Gulak has grown up idolizing this guy and studied him and he's out wrestling him and he's he's better because Daniel Bryan is slipping you know things like that not a fan of this storyline at all like or 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 alluding to you know a dude that ain't slipping at all uh is slipping
2: yeah I mean I don't know if they actually I mean I didn't watch that much and I watched some of it but like that's I didn't the part about him watch growing up and him being old because he watched a lot of his stuff like that's there but i don't think there was a a thing about i noticed that there is slippage i i think there was a i've watched so much of his stuff that i see weaknesses in his game that were there back even you know a decade ago like i I think that's i i from what i picked up that's what they were putting down but i didn't pick but i mean whatever We'll, well it doesn't really matter but um but ultimately the part of saying like i've been watching you for so long like that is classic grizzled veteran uh talk so yeah um but yes yeah, the thing i love about this match was i mean it was just like watching one of those sonata and um saber matches from last year where it's like this dude's a technical marvel and everything this man tries he has an answer for left and right and he even like counters whatever he's going for and puts him into the same move and obviously you know daniel bryan's better at like he's better at the emotional psychological storytelling and facials and stuff than saber is saber is just better at putting you in five different moves that you didn't even put you in moves and even know was a move and i think a lot of that like um becomes mass- masturbatory and gets in the way of what he's trying to do sometimes like I think he's showing off too much and making it look too easy and it kind of like takes me out of a match it's like alright if you can do all that and just match in right now right you have them in like six <laughs> different moves right now in the ring tap out Uh but yeah anyway with Brian like you know they go for a, a battle and um between sur- uh, surfboards like it was just awesome but, Basically, he gets out in the ring, gets frustrated, and then he says, "Like I can't out wrestle this fucker." So, Dang O'Brien being the uh, you know jack of all trades he is, fuck it, I'm a, I'm just gonna get nasty and start turning into a strike battle because I can't out grapple this dude. And Gap or uh, Gulak goes, and then basically like, fuck, he's I, I can't strike with this dude. So then he basically grabs grabs a leg and then puts him in a um, puts him in i uh, I'm sorry, a dragon screw. A uh, leg whip, and then he works over his leg, and then it's just it's just so fucking good. And then by the then that by that point in time, they go through and more more um back and forth, you know the the chest chest back and forth stuff, and then eventually they go to a um a spot where it's a double down outside the floor for a double ten count. They are cheesing you know, a double ten count. They both get back in the ring, and then you get the um. You end up getting that big suplex that he ends up landing on his high on his neck, um, thinking he's Mayu Iwatani or somebody. I don't know. But um he rolls out <laughs> the ring. That he's another ten count. He gets in, you think, you know, oh, he's really in danger here. Um you end up getting the uh or well, that dragon superplex um into the you know, the dragon sup or dragon um sleeper hold that he does, the gulag. And then he reverses out of it and turns into um the yes lock. I mean I just I thought this thing was great I I five star classic hell no um probably give it like I can imagine anyone giving that between three between a, a four stars to four and a quarter um mm-hmm. but it was an excellent match and it's like more reminders like don't th- for anyone that thinks that Daniel Bryan is you know he doesn't have the skills or any other wrestlers that were just incredible you know before they signed with WWE or whatever else like their skills were eroded or whatever else like I'm sure that's true in some cases because of lack of drive but the ones that are still out there busting their ass every week they're every bit as great as when they weren't in WWE it's just they're in WWE getting you know told to do dumb stuff um, so it, it was it was awesome to see him in the opener and, um, in this match that, like you know five years ago you'd be like hell no that match is never happening or three years ago you're like no hell no that match is never happening and for me it was really cool to see Life get that kind of shine because you know people have raved about the, the PowerPoint presentation, the two Oh five live stuff. And you know, even when you saw him NXT at times or worlds collide or whatever else, you see that that dude is a technical marvel. I think I told you, um, last year's first, uh, worlds collide. Like that dude is like, that dude reminds me so much of Brian and to see them do that match. I was like, I felt validated, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it was, it was a cool match. And, um, maybe there's more. I would like to see them wrestle more. Like those matches are awesome
1: yeah um i'm just i'm trying to figure out like where daniel bryan's going from here but yeah um yes we'll all
2: see yeah yeah um in the next match you get another kick-ass match uh umberto carrillo versus andrade for the u.s title um what do you think of the match I like this match uh, a lot. So, I bet you did.
1: <laughs> you know it was off, real. You know Judas <laughs> effect, and you know lots of high flying, and Andrade being a nasty fucker, and um, you know Humberto is like a. You know I've always liked him, even when he was on the Largo loop, and. You know it's always great to see a couple mexican wrestlers wrestling each other because it it just works out well like literally it's been that way my whole life so
2: (laughs) (laughs) i've watched so um
1: yeah i I thought it was cool it was was another um you know it's just a solid addition uh to the card um and you know I missed a lot of their other matches, so I don't have mm-hmm. the feelings that I'm seeing, you know, online where people are like, yeah, you know, it's so a, it feels redundant, like the uh, finishes that they've done. So mm-hmm. luckily, I, I missed all those, so this was all kind of fresh to me. So uh, I thought this was good, and you know, Andrade is like bulletproof out here, failed a wellness test, and I still got the belt.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, I um, I don't think I've seen any of their matches, uh, but what i will say about umberto is uh from the talk of people that watch 205 live to the people that still watch raw they don't like him as much as we do um yeah, I, I don't get that i i mean i don't know what was going on like i've heard there were, i've heard some talk of Botches or him just being super vanilla but it's like well that's on the company for not because so many of these people are vanilla is like <laughs> all right look, look look fire them in like, yeah, how yeah exactly like, <laughs> like yeah so so for me it's like I've seen enough house shows with that dude and seen you know saw worlds collide last year and saw seen him in you know NXT from time to time and like I he's an he's an enjoyable watch every time I see him and like he might be the most graceful f- flyer in the world right now. <laughs> or at least, like, in WWE, like, everything he does looks perfect. Uh, But I think for me, um, it was really fun to watch this match, to see them go out there and do their thing, and um, I think right now, like, my favorite match in all of WWE is, like, letting, like, the Luchadors, like, wrestle, like, and do their flying and their stuff, but at, like, the pace of a WWE match, so it doesn't, like, overwhelm you with, like, the number of dives or the number of intricate things they do. It's more like... You're just watching it and it's like at a pace you're just so familiar with. So it's kinda of, it's really cool. And I think with them teasing the elements of um of them both taking each other out at different points with the uh concrete DDT. I think like at the end, like you get the storytelling aspect and because it was so low stakes, like Vince didn't want to get too cute and it kinda of just let them have their match, have their you know simple, easy to follow story, and let them go out there and be spectacular and be themselves. And I thought it worked out very well. Like, um, is this the best match I think those two can have together? No, but I thought it was three or three quarters, and I enjoyed the hell out of this match.
1: Yeah, same, same. I would have it the same thing.
2: Yeah. Um. So <laughs> after that, we we ended up going. Is,
1: there's something about like getting like that three and th- three quarters match when it's like when you feel like it overachieved, like and also, you know, like it's almost like found money. Like, oh, we can just add one of those to the card rather than it like being like a, a disaster and it's three and a quarter or something like that. Like something went <laughs> tragically wrong and it's three and a quarter. Like there there are a lot of um you know different variables there that we have to qualify. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, you know, if 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 we built up, you know, the match for months and months and months and months with like the best build you've ever seen in your oh. life. And then it comes out to like a three and a half, you know, it don't quite, there's yeah. something a little different about it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. It's, it's because there's so much wrestling. I don't do rewatches as much anymore or rarely ever. Yeah. So like, I wonder how many matches like now with, you know, we go back and check out and matches up were like, this match was great. Or this match was disappointing. How my perspectives would change, or if I, you know, there's something that I, for, you know, forgotten about, or something that, um, almost is like, you know, uh, like uh, like a breadcrumb and like something that was used later or whatever else as far as storytelling for some matches or feuds or whatever else. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, just too much wrestling, and y- y'all want me to start a Joshi podcast? Yeah, nah,
1: you no, know, James <laughs>
2: jo- Josie
1: jumps on. What what was your favorite name? You know that I came up with. The one you the one that you came up with. I think you said yeah. something about James's Josie Junction. <laughs> yes, James' Josie Junction. Triple J on you, boys. Ridiculous.
2: <laughs> yeah, that ain't that. Uh, I don't think that's in the cars, Chief. That's that's too much comedy, wrestling for my liking. Like James's Josie's jurisdi- jurisdiction. James's <laughs> Josie jumps <laughs> on. Why is it just like? Why is it such a thing for alliteration? Why is it? I don't know because it's like
1: James and Joshi and then like there I was like let me think of any word with a J that's like a noun like oh, that I
2: can't wow. um, uh, but anyway uh, I thought it was a really good match and um, I don't know how many more they have in them considering they've done a few of these already but um, looking forward to Wrestlemania um, I think they're probably going to be Andre but if they're not, i love to see, you know, them and, and um, Angel and, and Ray rip it up because y- y- you kind of need some matches with like, you see people laid out on the card and you're just like, okay, this is the match we can depend on. We need some dependable matches on WrestleMania right now. And some of them are kind of like, look, i seen that WrestleMania
1: them. card. I've not not seen seen it. it.
2: Yeah, like, we need some of these matches where, like, at least in the first half of WrestleMania, we can be like, okay, we are on pace or something like that. And then, like, they ain't go out there and throw out six mid-matches in a row like they did last year if they want to. But at least you can have, like, an hour and a half or two hours of, you know, enjoyable uh, professional wrestling on, you know, the biggest wrestling show of the year. Just perhaps, maybe, but we'll see. Yeah, man, um, I'm looking at this card
1: up and down. I think there's, like, eight matches that are locked in. Already? I, I feel like there ain't nothing on there that's, like, Going over three and a half right now, so I'm, mm. <laughs> I'm like, "Look, man, where's that? You know,
2: yeah." yeah. I, 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 I
1: and the times all gonna get cut. Mm-mm-mm.
2: Well, it's gonna be a long day. Maybe not, because you know, Triple H ain't on this card, so that's that's like a half hour freed up right there, ain't it? They gonna redistribute that <laughs> real
1: nice. Best <laughs> believe.
2: <laughs> I mean. If you th- I mean, I, I wouldn't have Brock and, and Drew go long. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have Roman and Goldberg go long because why the fuck will you have Goldberg go long ever? Uh, so, you know, with Triple H out of there, that might just maybe i mean obviously you have you know the hall of fame stuff the throwing to whatever advertising stuff they have to do um the commercial to show that you know they're you know however much money they made for the community or whatever charity outreach they're doing you know they're going to do the uh uh, the wrestlemania uh uh, attendance announcement where they lie by like by ten thousand people you already know certain spots in the show they're going to have uh stuff that just bogs down and the ass and left the show I'm, i have made my peace with that sort of also stuff.
1: Also the show look, also the show having sixteen matches on it and shit, so you know <laughs> On the main
2: show. <laughs> that, yes, that is a problem. That does t- that does <laughs> that does wear down the special the specialness of WrestleMania is like, okay, like it's it I think Triple H first to say the showcase of the immortals, or whatever else is like, how immortal is Otis versus Dolph Ziggler gonna be? Yeah. How legendary yeah. can that get? Yeah, um, you know, yeah, like, and that-
1: I'm not, I'm not someone that's like just blatantly throwing. Yeah, uh, not everyone deserves a WrestleMania match. I'm not blanketly throwing that out there right. with no context because the thing is, the people that. Like we're saying, hey, get them the fuck out of here. Are the part timers and like these people that just gonna stank it up? Like and, like, I'm not trying to see the Undertaker. I would rather watch Andrade. Like like, yeah. suck my ass. Like I'm good, man.
3: Whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa,
2: whoa, 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 whoa. Look, man. Um, what does Jericho say to people about about uh about oh? What does Jericho say to cr- the crowd now? Sense.
1: I think he says suck my ass,
2: I think. Does he say Wow. Um all right. I let's just move on. <laughs> I was, yeah. I wasn't expecting that out of you. I'm just was not <laughs> anyway. Uh next match is the tag team you know, and, you know,
1: Anytime I can uh I can you know impersonate a wrestling observer, uh, you know, newsletter
2: wrestler of the year, you know, you gotta do it. Um I'm sure there are some of those people on the list are like blatant racist, so I wouldn't... Want to uh, you know, I'm sure some of them are women beaters too, so I, you know. Anyway, uh, yeah, tag team elimination chamber match. Uh, what what do you think about this match as far as in totality?
1: Um, So, I felt like I called everything that was going to happen. So, ironically, uh, Catherine was watching this match with me, and I was like, Like, when it came down to the final three, I was like, okay, Miz and Morrison are going to win. Like, when they were getting faced off against, I was like, watch. Like, and then, like, it was like a pattern match. It was like every time someone did their big stunt, they immediately got eliminated. And it was like, I was just like, this is so, like, soulless. And I was like, "There." I thought a lot of the wrestling in the match was actually pretty good. Um. You know, Lindsey Dorado's a madman. It looked like he blew both knees out, like when he did that um, uh, shooting star press off the top of the cell or whatever. Um, you know, my dog, fuck all night, Tucker Knight, uh, you know, was doing his thing. <laughs> but it's like, I don't care about any of these people. Like, And the people they did care about, they got them the fuck out of there, too. So yeah. I'm like, you know... Um, there were a lot of botches in, in this match too. Uh, Grand Mental Leak. Uh, the second he got in the match, like he got, <laughs> it was like, like he jumped in and he was like supposed to do like uh, a Hurricane but like he didn't quite like turn, so it turned into a power bomb or whatever. And it was just like, mm. uh, Lince Dorado was all over the place. Uh, you know, the Usos were all over the place. Like Kofi. it was, just, yeah, Kofi falling off the rope, and it was just like yeah man um i see what y'all tried to do but it ain't
2: work yeah um <clears throat> it's hard to rate this match based off of what they were I going feel like, i feel like it was a lot of everything like there was a lot of good
1: stuff but there was a lot of bad stuff too
2: yeah yeah um i, I agree with that i think this is a match where like i'm never gonna call this a bad match um I would not call this very good. I probably say it was a. I probably just give it three stars and just wash my hands of it. Um, maybe a little higher, maybe three and a quarter. I would not say this is a very good match, though. Um, so I, I think. I think the I I think the thing is if you did the gauntlet match and you had the you know the Iron Man of the gaunt, Iron Team of the Gauntlet match be Heavy Machinery in. You know, we need to probably have a later discussion on like whether or not like the gauntlet winner is now more prestigious. Uh, the yearly gauntlet winner going to elimination is now more prestigious than the world rumble because like three years in a row now like it, it's, it's the person who won the gauntlet thing gets more over than the person that won the rumble. But um, I think I think that if they're gonna do that, then like you shouldn't just you know run through Otis and and get them out of there that quickly like they could have teased i mean obviously the idea is like we would just want miz and morrison to be the champions for whatever reason that's fine but if if it's the most important acts are in the match or the hottest acts of the crowd are you know the ziggler team and the oldest team then like they should probably stick around longer Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and i you know or like you know or be like the last two people to get eliminated. Like there, there's no need for the Usos and the New Day to be around unless the idea is they're going to do some type of triple threat ladder match fuckery at WrestleMania. And I'm I'm assuming that's where it has to go. the way they presented that, to where those last three.
1: Yeah, man. I I I don't know. I'm looking at the teams in there, and you know, the only people with a real storyline that they care about were those teams you were talking about, right? Like, regular and so it's like am I shocked WWE fucked up something when it comes to do with the booking no um (laughs) I'm tired of New Day I'm tired of Usos like and all that it's like break them up I'm good um I don't know. I feel like Kofi Kingston shouldn't even been in this match, but uh um, Do you like
2: do you like the callback where at the end of the match right before they got eliminated he he, uh, he, he jumped the off top, the top he jumped off. And the thing is, the crowd was so deflated by Otis and them getting eliminated that they didn't recognize that what, that's what that was a callback to. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
1: I saw that and I immediately was just like
2: unbelievable. <laughs> um, like in in a span of 365 days they've rendered that whole thing that that like Absolutely. Minimalist. Yeah. Yeah, he should have saved that one. He's like, I ain't doing this again until you know. Uh, I'm a this, single. This, this is like our la This is like our la Like this is my last year in WWE. Like that's when I would have saved it for. But whatever. It's crazy man. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. What happened? After- oh, AJ versus Aleister Black, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at a point now where like. I find it kind of redundant that we have AJ Styles and Randy Orton on the same roster on the same brand when like they're both the same person now in the ring (laughs) like you look at what they do everything they do is textbook perfect but they're not taking no risks they're not taking no bumps and look if that's what you want to do fine but like I need you to figure out how to fill this void of what's missing in you and now that y'all don't take no risks anymore and (laughs) AJ hasn't figured that out it Now,
1: um, insert Rich's 2019 rant about AJ Styles being washed up here.
2: Yeah, but the, the thing now is worse because AJ was still having kick-ass TV matches, even though, and a lot of that stuff was happening with um, on pay per view was bad match layouts, short time, like that Ricochet match was like five minutes or whatever at SummerSlam. Like want the fuck. Will you ever book those two went 12, 12 minutes? 12 minutes. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, it was super short. It should have went, it should have went longer, but whatever. Um, we're just at a point now with with AJ where it's like, look, man, I, I, I kind of understand the reason why he decided not to leave and go to AEW or whatever else, or go back to new Japan or, or Google, go wherever else for a big amount of money for less dates. This man has came to decision. Like, look, I have, I can make three times what I was already making as a top guy in WWE. I'm just going to cash that check. I'm going to come out here. I'm going to have my my standard three-star match or three-and-a-quarter-star match. It's good enough. Vince loves me. I've earned his respect probably faster than anybody that was on the outside ever has. And I'm going to call it a day. And he's going to go into WWE Hall of Fame because that year that year and a half he had demanded it. Um And whatever. like He's going to be an ambassador. He's going to be getting legends checks or whatever else. But... It does suck for when that dude, like, in 2017, 2016, had became probably my favorite active wrestler for a certain amount of time, and, like, yeah. that wrestler ain't there no more.
1: Yeah. um, it, And it what really makes it mad, bad now is they're about to start framing him, and that's kind of what this storyline has been, as, like, this legendary, like, still in his prime, Mr. Re- WrestleMania level guy. It's like, bro, he's fucking cooked like as an elite top level guy. He's yeah. done. Those days are over in the past. Finito. Out of here. Um, it's just like, it was so boring watching him wrestle. And it's just like, yo, this is it. Like, you ain't got, you ain't find nothing else. Like, I'm watching Jericho, who's like damn near a decade older than you figure out a new act, like figure out a new way to still be awesome. To, like this is just
2: like To be fair, I think that it was Change match, your gimmick, AJ. Like oh, <laughs> like okay. like To be fair, I believe that if this match was in AEW, this match would have got a way better reaction. Um I think the thing that's that's going on oh, this Oda, crowd all night.
1: Huh? All night. The crowd was just like staring at stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um I think Otis getting taken out like really killed this crowd. Um, and I mean look there's only so many times I can say I think this killed this crowd or whatever else ultimately what's happening is WWE gets gets people that come to their shows, pays money, pays for parking, pays for concessions, pays for merch sits their ass down expecting to see a good card and time after time after time again they w- kill this crowd And, and at, at some point and the crowd can't recover and sometimes they get them back or whatever else but for large stretches of WWE shows at, at this point in time the crowd is barely has a pulse. And they're gonna to have to come to some real um they're gonna have to start looking themselves in the mirror on why the developmental brand, why you know, when they're in in front of 400 people or whether they're in front of 15,000 people, why AEW in front of 4,000 people or whatever else every single week or why New Japan has their fans going rabbit or stardom or whatever else that, that draws a lot of people, OTT, WXW, all these places that draw um, over 500 people, why their crowds are hot for them and why WWE is not. I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down... Uh, they're going to have to have some real, you know, discussions about what they're doing with these cars and what they're doing with these characters and why it doesn't resonate with their fan base in the way that it used to. Because these crowds were not like this three years ago. These crowds are not like this two years ago. I, I, you know, I was watching the show. I, I was seeing
1: some of that quiet Japanese respect <laughs> on, on display. You know, <laughs> I felt like, you know, the crowd has showed up, you know, for a nice, you know, evening of, like... Of not a lot of noise and you know a nice like library like atmosphere you know it, it, like it would be considered talking out of turn if you were if you were cheering loud or or you know having fun or and then when you think about it it's like well this is must this is what WWE books for they book for these Pavlovian responses they book for nothing to mean anything and then they book for you to feel like you connect with someone and then they yank it away from you like you know what don't even forget we ever did that so this and this is what this is descended to this is degenerated into um just people showing up to these shows and like wanting it like I I would assume fans buy tickets to have a good time to get into it. But then I'm watching Angelo Dawkins make his comeback to silence. And I'm just like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, this is like, (laughs) like, it's it's just like, it's hilarious to watch in in, in a way that now that, you know, I'm very removed from it. So it's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, man, they don't have this problem on Wednesdays. Like they don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, like, 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 Look at what how they were reacting to Darby Allin last week. Like, come on, man. This is a joke at so, this point.
2: So I mean, a lot is of, of their own doing. We talked about this a million times about them, you know. You you book wrestling to tell people that that watch the show over long over any same period of time that if it's not a star, you shouldn't give a fuck. And then you have compressed um you have to compress people to everybody is in the middle and then like wonder why no one reacts because like none of these people are stars like um i think i think it's Cornet or a bunch of different people a few different people from the territories talk about like if you have one or two giants then you have giants but if you have like five giants then everybody's a fucking giant and therefore you have no giants so uh yeah um and that's that's the same thing with people's stature like not everybody can be a star like but you can figure certain things out to where, like you make people care about people. What I'm necessarily being stars, and you've made it. To, you've conditioned your crowd to where, if it's not a star, you should not care. And once you once you go out there and put out a pay per view card that doesn't have Becky Lynch or Roman Reigns on the fucking card, what do you or Drew McIntyre? What do you expect was gonna happen? Um, so God, I got some
1: other news off Twitter just now. Uh-huh. Uh Just two weeks after facing, um, you know, Brock Lesnar. You know, for the WWE Championship in one week after facing Riddick Moss for the twenty four seven Championship, Ricochet takes on Eric Young on WWE main event. Buried.
2: Yeesh. Oh man. Well, this keep in mind this isn't his first time on main event. He had that main event match with uh, Al- I'm sorry, uh, Cedric Alexander. So yeah, um, this is the trend. It's really sad take look man moving back to full cell please um anyway so just to continue on with the AJ match because we got into a tangent about dead crowds um and AJ <laughs> yeah, was, like right. deteriorating as a uh as an elite wrestler in the world um
1: yeah let it go it's done
2: Vince yeah he, I enjoyed the match it just it was in, it was in front of silence um they, they told
1: huh I didn't. I. I I'll, I'll. I'll get into it after.
2: Yeah, like they're wrestling back and forth. Obviously, they're they're showcasing um Alistair as a striker, and then, and then you have the clear the work on the leg, and then you have the work with the Kindle stick on the leg. And then you have him having a fight underneath. I thought it. I thought Alistair's selling was very very good. Um, and I thought they you know with the tease of the or the Meteora off the announce table through the table that was laid out. I thought they told a good story. The problem is. Once you book once you put on Monday have them whoop Alister's ass all three of them from um the from the club and then you make it a no DQ match and they're just at ringside everyone's sitting there like when are they going to intervene and they they there not intervening so it's almost like uh it's almost like a iron iron person match where it's just like okay like if, unless the wrestling is incredible, I don't really care until the end of the match because we know we're waiting on the shoe to sure. drop. When is and the shoe going to drop?
1: And then they're like trying to cheat without the referee looking the and they go. won't get disqualified anyway. It's like their ass should have been in the back until right. they ran out like right. 10 minutes into the match or whatever and then be like, oh shit, Alistair Black's in trouble now and then all of a sudden Undertaker helps him get even but this did not do anything for Alistair Black. This is like <laughs> the Undertaker beats AJ Styles again and right. you know
2: and then commentary put it over like he just he just beat out he just beat AJ Styles it's like
1: well, like a lot of people beat AJ Styles I've seen Jeremy Hall beat AJ Styles fuck but, out of here but, I,
2: but <laughs> I, I think my thing is like
1: like that's not it, no impressive win like the
2: it is but it isn't because the Undertaker won the match for him yeah. it's just like how they're putting over how right now how they put how Drew McIntyre put over um or put Brock Lesnar over the top rope but it's like nah bro like he got low blowed and then thrown out because like the only time you can ever get any any type of um, ass whoopery on Brock is if you either steal him or kick him in the nuts and that's been consistent for like the last 5-6 years in WWE like the only time anyone ever whoops his ass with a low blow whether it was Seth Rollins whether it was Undertaker it's 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 it's, 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 it's that's what they do and then um they have to whitewash it on, on the back end and try to put over Drew and like I feel like they're doing a good job with Drew, but we let's not. We remembered this. We saw this. Uh, but yeah, with well, AJ, it's like Undertaker came out and whooped his ass again. Okay, all right. So AJ Styles going 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 win at WrestleMania, right? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it. He probably isn't. <laughs>
1: Dumb, like Undertaker like, shows up it teleports to Saudi Arabia unannounced to, to drag this man. He teleports then to Philadelphia to come out of nowhere and barely move. Like, this they cut the lights on, and like, gals and Anderson are on their knees being choked by him. Like, they didn't do a move, like, they these boys went out there and assumed the position so Undertaker didn't <laughs> have to move. You know?
3: Uh,
1: <laughs> hey, Undertaker put two hands position. on the boys and then, like, rolled his eyes back. Undertaker spins around in three-fourths of a circle, still with his pivot foot. He might as well have had a basketball in hand, and he catches AJ Styles out of, you know, midair and hits him with the choke slam and then vanishes. Like... Yeah. <laughs> AJ Styles, if if he pulls up the WrestleMania and they're like, yeah, we want uh, the Undertaker up with the Tombstone, AJ Styles should
2: be furious. <laughs> I mean, given given where we are with AJ and the fact that he's like refusing yeah, to do any flying, yeah. like I think he's like cool, whatever. The ca- the the check cat uh, clears right. I I think he just doesn't care. Like yeah. I'm gonna come out here. I'm gonna give you very. I'm gonna give you very well done professional wrestling that's low impact and low stakes, um, and whatever. I'm just gonna cash these checks. I, I think he. I think he's at that point of his career now. Keep getting them checks, AJ Styles. He hate to see it. I, look, man. Like that. Whatever. It is what it is. Like not everybody can come out here and, and do this at that level forever. Not everybody's willing to do that. Like the dude. Look, if you. What was it? What was the what was the, uh, the old Jay Z line? Uh, from um uh, on to the next one. My oh, old shit by my old album. Yeah, you 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 want to watch the old Electric AJ Styles? You better tune into the WWE Network or or, or Ring of Honor or New Japan World or or whatever else or Impact whatever the fuck they got going on for their streaming if that even exists anymore. I don't know. I don't. know. Does I, wait? Does Jarrett own their streaming rights?
1: If anybody's doing a, uh, a washed up. You slipping storyline. It needs to be AJ Styles and not no Daniel
2: Bryan. <laughs> you know what AJ? You know what Daniel? You know what AJ Styles? I was thinking about this. Like he is like post 2011 Dwayne Wade. Like he used to be fucking electric, and now is like nah, N- nah, <laughs> just no. Like I still all these. I, I can still all these do all these other things at a high level, but. Like the fact that I've lost, like my athleticism is hindering all the other stuff. Like, it's hindering like my uh, my standing in the league amongst the, the league's greats. Like he's at that point now and good, you know, whatever. Like he's what, 40, what now? 44, 43?
1: He's
2: 42.
1: 42? Whatever.
2: You better holler at Tanahashi. You know. <laughs> but he doesn't uh, ask like I, I,
1: Tanahashi. Better figure it out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know or, who we really or, should go holler at, right? Ooh. Ray, wow! Like Ray still out here is flying, excellent at his age, and he's older and has more mileage than even uh, AJ. He better go highlight him. Um, but yeah, after the match, what's the next match after? I don't even remember. Um, okay, yeah, so it's a tag match. It's uh, the Raw tag match: Three Props versus um, Seth Rollins and uh, Buddy Murphy or Buddy. Sorry, or, no, I'm saying Murphy. I'm not. It's not Buddy. So. Yeah, man. Um, now that you've seen it, do you now believe can you now believe why like Seth Rollins is like the least over he's ever been in WWE? Yo, this is like <laughs> I told you on Monday. <laughs> it's jarring.
1: It's like Right. Anybody like like why does anybody think this is a good idea? If you have a team of Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy, you would think they could be a hell of a team right. whooping ass. Right. And, and having good matches, like they can be, you know. A not-as-good version of, like, the Broserweights or something, like, or, or Kenny and Hangman or something, right? But either way, you like, you
2: spent those right? two together, and you spent to see great matches. In fact, we, I mean, look, as a exciting worker from a tag team perspective, don't you think Buddy Murphy, and given that we've seen him in, as an NXT champion and as a tag division, don't you think he'd make a <laughs> you know like a tag team performer he'd be better than than Dean Ambrose was and we saw we saw Seth and Dean rip yeah. it up in all of 2017
1: it's weird yeah um yeah it's um it's crazy to kind of see how how that's uh working out and a lot of this you know you're also kind of waiting for Kevin Owens to come out that's fair. I that's thought fair. that's fair I, th- I thought um like the crowd like was reacted to this like they didn't even Care at all. Right. Uh, I thought uh, Montez 4 was a little sloppy. Like, he was way too excited. Uh, he was, like, overshooting and over jumping, and it was just a lot. Um, you know, Street Powers got to win, but I mean, yeah. I, I guess, you know, it's it, it, it's something that happened. Like, it was just a match. Yeah. Um,
2: do you think know the crowd was just waiting in their hands for Kevin Owens? Pretty much. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, it just. It's weird. Like he, he's the only one who got a reaction.
1: It was funny. I was talking to to Fenisho again. He sent me a message. He was like, "I don't know if there's anyone." And it's funny, like because I, I immediately answered AJ Styles to this. He's like, "I don't know if there's anyone that's more of a shell of them old their old selves than Seth Rollins on the main roster."
2: <laughs> and I was it's fu- like, "It's funny that you say it's AJ because like two years ago when we were arguing about who had a better year between them, we were all like." AJ had a better year because he did. It is like now they're almost on the same level, but it's like AJ fell further because he was up higher. So the answer is right.
3: AJ, <laughs> right,
2: right, yeah, and I, and I was like, I was trying to pinpoint
1: where Seth like passed like the point of no return. I was kind of like it was somewhere between that Iron Man match when he had to wrestle Dolph Ziggler a zillion times, mm-hmm. and then when they picked Roman over him despite what he did in the first half of the year. Like he laid it down ever since, so. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he'll do like you know once a year he'll pull something out, but largely he's just like, you know, the the money's already been made. You know, like <laughs> those miles have already been paid for. Yeah. You know.
2: Yes. Look, and I, I don't know, man. It's it's,
1: and they're they're gonna ask me to get excited about Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, even though I saw that match a zillion times at the end of 2016, right? And I never wanted him to
2: wrestle again. Right. Here we are. And another part of it is like, I know it's, I think it's because he's so good on the mic, but um, all the questions about like this person came in and was working at a certain level and then like they have tailed off. Like you compare Kevin Owens' 2015 16 in let's beginning at 17 to like what he's done post WrestleMania 33. There is a staunch, there is a gigantic uh, difference in the level of performance that we're talking about, and, the same, and it's probably even more drastic within um, the AJ and Seth stuff we've been we've been talking about the show. Like, it's like these guys come in here and like wrestle their ass off for a certain number of years, and then at a certain point, it is like you know, uh, they almost like like we just talked about with Dean Ambrose. Like, it's almost like that dude lost his will, like he let go of the rope. And a mm-hmm. lot of these dudes were looking at like people at the top of these cars are treated, yeah, you know, protected like they've been through these dog fights and these wars with Vince over the years. And you know, Vince visually always wins. And by wins, I means I've taken your will to love professional wrestling and wrestle as hard as you can because it all is going to lead to a fuck finish, <laughs> yeah. Like,
1: oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the street profits to me, they didn't look that impressive it was like well i guess those guys will be an andre giant battle Royal next month so well <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah you know I, I like the gimmick but you know i don't know they're
2: over crowd likes them it's just you know i don't i mean maybe maybe you know it works out better when they are wrestling alp and they're getting the shit beat out of them or um or war raiders potentially but um but it, this should have worked out like,
1: <laughs> like with the level of wrestlers they were in there with, this should have worked out. It just didn't. I, I don't know why.
2: Well, I, I, I was speaking more from uh, a storyline standpoint as opposed to, um, like, the actual in-ring work. But, yeah, you got a point. Um, next match after that, the Intercontinental 3-on-1 uh, handicap match oh, is what? Braun Strowman versus... Shinsuke Nakamura versus Cesaro versus Sami Zayn. The whole storyline is Sami Zayn has yet to get these hands. Sami Zayn is a smart man. Yes. Uh, Is he going to get these hands on on Sami Zayn? Um, And I thought, from an execution standpoint of what the story of what the story was, I thought felt like they they executed it to a T. Um, was it something that was going to excite me? Of course not. It's a fucking three one handicap match. These are all ridiculous, but whatever.
1: Sami Zayn is a smart man, and Braun Strowman is a big dumb. Right, like, no, big
3: dumb. <laughs> like.
1: Sami Zayn finally wins his first title in the company. It had. It had you had, had to have, you know, two other dudes with him to help him win. Like the, Look, the long-running Sami Zayn, Braun Strowman feud continues. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but, when, when I was watching this, mm-hmm. I was like, man, when Sami Zayn was in the NAC, he had great matches with both of them dudes that's on his team. Man, all those dudes, I, I wish we could see them have good matches still. Oh, well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, man, I don't really have much more to add other than and, to say. And
1: it, yeah, I don't get it. I was like, Cesaro and Nakamura were just like cool with Sami Zayn getting the pin. Like there wasn't no type of like resistance or infighting, or it was just like, all right, he he beat him, so I, I guess they're not all the champion. Only Sami
2: Zayn is the champion. I don't know. I, I think it's like, look, man, we really look, it's all three of ours in a kind of champion. This is gonna keep I'm just keeping over at my house. Like, full-on
1: red from Friday. Maybe, like, maybe they were like, we'll let Sami Zayn have a pin because eventually Braun Strowman's going to want that belt back and he right. can go fight that dude, it's not me.
2: <laughs> oh he gonna come looking for you That's like, yeah. okay. I mean that's not that's not too bad either but they didn't explain that obviously. Um, yeah look at me I mean, you're trying to help the show right? Like? right, right. <laughs> don't, look I'm glad I'm past that point of trying to like give it some logic like nah bro ain't like you'll see next week that logic that you just gave it don't even hold up nope, nope. they're not gonna use that um yeah so I, one thing I will say just before we leave off this like it, it, it was kind of um it was sad for me to have seen Sammy win the Intercontinental title, and like I felt nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you had told me in 2015 that Sami Zayn was going to win his first singles title in WWE, and you wouldn't give a flying fuck, James, I'd be like, "There's no way, it's not possible." Like not hill or face impossible. And flash forward, it is like, oh, okay, cool i don't know man like i don't know what his contract situation is i know he had the show the double shoulder shoulder uh, shoulder shoulder surgery thing um or whatever else so time is obviously added but like he needs to be looking at the fuck up out of there like the dude's too talented like even the pre-match promo he had just shows like he still has something left in the tank and to paraphrase mark henry and this manager shit the dude's too talented of a wrestler to be doing his Bro, manager
1: shit. This man was wrestling in like cargo sh- cargo pants. Yeah, like that yeah. man clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like yeah. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> like this man's wearing the the Eminem is the greatest rapper of all time hat to the ring. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh,
2: get the fuck out of here. That's not. That is not. The, that is not the hat. Look, I'm sure that's a good descriptor. I find that more of a of a, oh you listen to Rage, you listen to Rage Against Machine, like. Oh, okay. I, I see why you wear that hat. Like that is one of those yeah, uh but yeah, you're you're definitely uh that's, that's definitely a sect of uh of of people that wear that hat. Is, <laughs> it yes, yes. Um Yeah, I just
1: it is Nakamura a full parody at this point, bro. I was watching his interest last night.
2: Bro, he doesn't like even... Do you see Sammy lose it, it behind him during the interest? Like Sammy still would... Sammy's still Sammy ain't let go of the rope yet. It's just they he already knows where they, he look, is. He didn't let go. But they did,
1: huh? He didn't let go, but they did.
2: Yeah, actually, they never grabbed on.
1: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But Nakamura like that man dancing like he like used to dance good like twenty years ago <laughs> or something like that. It's like an old dude that was like trying to show you the moves he had back back you know once yonder you know dude. when he was on Soul Train. This is how he used yeah. to get down, but Soul Train's gone now.
2: That man is so done and so far into the parody of playing the stereotype that man had not one, not two, yes. the
3: land of two rising sons.
2: He had three rising Suns on his gear. I was like, "Yo, I <laughs> fuck, <laughs> god damn, knock him run. You gonna just, you just, you fine, whatever, you just whatever, man, whatever, keep fine, fine. fine, keep giving fine. them checks. Fine. My God, you you can add Nakamura to
1: that. It just all the stuff Raw's worker category. Just you know, just
2: add him to that right oh, there. Man. I'm to think. Was that the? Was that the? Yeah, that was the death match. That was a death yeah. match. Semi main. So let's let's get to it. The women's, the Raw <laughs> women's contendership elimination chamber match.
1: Um, the Rise squad collides. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Sarah,
2: sarah logan ruby ryan pay-per-view main eventers um <laughs> like whatever man whatever i thought i thought it was a um i thought that it was a match that uh from a story standpoint was strong it made sense from a story standpoint but from a viewer standpoint of someone that wants to watch good wrestling this ain't a match for you um so middle. you're someone caught in the middle where like is it, it's a lot of it's a lot of this with WWE where it's like it's either or either you get either you get the story that makes sense and can lead to something that will they, eventually they'll fuck it up, or you get a good ass match that ultimately means nothing because is this don't want good wrestling matches. That it leads towards you giving caring about people or whatever else or um you'd actually give someone um you know, get interest behind somebody, like to build momentum. Like Vince McMahon is funny. Like, in real life, momentum is non-existent, but from a uh, story perspective, uh, like, it is, and you can make it mean something. But Vince, even though he has all the control, decides, nope, I'm never going to use momentum. I'm rarely ever going to use it, or use it in the right way. It's it's really interesting. So, yeah, what were your thoughts on this match? Two-star match. Um,
1: I mean, Shayna Baszler massacres everyone. I wasn't really excited during it. They had these periods where she would clear the ring out and then wait for, like, three minutes until someone got in. I'm like, just open the fucking forbidden door, please. Like, can you you just, like, bring the next one in there so they can get it? And then they did it, like, several times, and it was just, like, very boring. The crowd didn't
2: give a flying fuck. Um, Right, because she's murdering people, but she's murdering people no one cares about. Right. Like right. the only person they cared about at all was Liv because oh. Liv is on TV compared to Ruby or Sarah or, I mean, honestly, she murdered Nat- Natalia and that was cool when she was like just bashing her head open with the door or her whole, you know, with the with its door. But like, same thing is like, all right, like they're br- I, clearly, I believe, or not clearly, but like, I feel like Paul Heyman's like fingerprints are on this because she kept oh, yeah. beating women the same exact way. V Trigger, or, Sorry, uh, to stormbreaker, V trigger, choke out, stormbreaker, V trigger, tap out, like, or uh, or choke out. So it's like clearly their brandiness is that these are her moves yeah. she's gonna put people away with, and like, how will Becky deal with that? And from a storyline perspective, leading to WrestleMania, that's fine, that's good, in fact. But I blame all watching. of this on Charlotte, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. Like, they had to get her over super strong as well as they could, and for me, it's like it doesn't really bother me that, uh, that she went over strong on Natalia in the riot squad. Like, who gives a shit? But, yeah. um. I would have just
1: liked to see a better match. I
2: would have liked to have seen <laughs> her and Off could be more competitive or, or going longer. Um, given that, like, we had to sit through all that bullshit and that's what it was leading to. Like, give us, and, like, you know, give us a mini match. You know, give us a final two, um, in a World Rumble type of match, uh, or whatever else. And they tried to do that, but, like, it, it, it wasn't as impressed it wasn't as impressive, especially given that like Shannon just went through five people I'm sorry, uh four people to get to Oscar. Asuka. Oscar's fresh out the cage and she you know, um, maybe the maybe the out is the fact that like she was working over her uh wrist and the wrist injury happened, but it's like I just saw her go through two fucking segments with Oscar's pin eater. Yeah, like nah, that no. If I see you go through it's too, too much long. of an overcorrection, so now what, yeah. what, what it looks yeah. like is like she needs to squash Becky
1: now because like if you can just dispatch four wrestlers and Oscar and like you know look like you didn't sweat, like it seems like you should like get Becky the fuck out of here with especially with how goofy she's been acting lately. She's probably gonna drop that in the lead up to try to sell the match, but um it's just like she's so overpowered now but you brought up natalia and we did not talk about something that we need to talk about (sighs) okay let's talk about it so natalia is cutting a promo earlier in the night yeah it's funny because
2: it's funny because you're watching it live i watch it on an hour hour and a half delay no a two hour delay and like i'm sending out text while i'm watching i get to and i'm like and I said the line, and you were like, yes, we've all talked about this already in this thread, James. I was like, well, all right. I, I guess it, I guess everyone heard this the same way. So go ahead. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So she first starts talking about Beth Phoenix and her taking the RKO and, and giving a health update, and she's so dramatic about it. Like, like Were not only hit her with the RKO, but he hit her with, you know, the AK-47 as well. Like, you know... Like several shots, and yeah. it, but somehow she survived, and she's going to you, you know come back because she's a fighter. And yeah, then
2: she and the most she cutting started, thing was the most cutting thing wasn't the fact that she injured uh Beth and Edge, it was the fact that like he assaulted them both as parents. Get the fuck out of here! Like, what? The problem was horrible, <laughs> but, but but go Uh-oh. ahead, go to the go to the, the <laughs> real part that was the real part.
1: So Natty starts like trying to fire herself up somehow and then talking about what she's going to do in the chamber and then she says the line. And you guys all know the line I'm talking about before I even say it. She says that she is going to unleash her legacy. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Okay, so... Like Are you going to turn into a cyborg Jim Neidhart and just start wrecking the competition? Like, what
3: what is this?
1: Like,
2: I don't... This line was so bad that it made people just, like, immediately go to, she's always been a terrible promo no matter what in her whole career, and this is just, like, the the cap-off of it. I'm just like, hey, bro, like... We have in no, we had the end of two thousand sixteen and early two thousand seventeen hill run on SmackDown and I think that's still like the best woman's hill I've seen in WWE. So like let's chill on that. Like when she was out there go doing that, um, you know, that not face-to-face, but like the the, 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 the split-screen promo with Nikki Bella and saying that, like, if I wasn't married, I could have had John Cena. Nikki, like, and you were going to die alone when John leaves you. Like, no, that was an incredible promo, so let's not say that she's a some worthless promo and always has been, but this did her no favors. It didn't matter if John Cena was cutting his promo, if Daniel Bryan was cutting his promo, if Randy Orton was cutting his promo, if S- Sami Zayn was cutting his promo, if Kevin Owens cutting his promo, it- or Johnny Gargano was cutting his promo, Cody Rhodes cutting his promo, Jericho was cutting his promo. It don't matter. Oscar could have cut his promo. It wouldn't have worked. It was fucking awful. No one could have saved this. It was stupid. Like this. Like, and this is coming from,
1: like, I've been watching all elite wrestling. <laughs> James, I've been watching a promotion that has the top four finishers and best talker like in the Wrestling Observer newsletter. These are the promos like where I'm feeling like people are speaking from their soul or their heart. They're like, you know, they got bullet points. That they're lot to put themselves in it. Mm-hmm. Then I hear unleash my legacy. I'm like, fire everyone. Get them all out of here. Pack their shit. Put it in the truck. Throw them off the bridge like Stan. <laughs> you know. And unfortunately, this is going to never change, like, the blueprint, (laughs) Jay-Z, but this is, like, it's such a damning, like, you know, indictment on their promos. This was terrible.
2: Yeah. um, It was really, um, it was really poor. Uh, it, It was all the things that we hate about WWE promos when they're at the worst, um and this was at its worst, um. So yeah, I. It, it the only thing you can say is like, at least the match was better, but not much better. <laughs> like when he went out there, threw mid out there, um, and it was fine uh, when he threw mid. Like I will say, I will give um shout out to to live for. Um, taking getting boshed <laughs> between the cage and uh the plexiglass deal uh when Shana was murdering her, but outside of that, like there's really not much to talk about. Um, Shana got damn problem, like NAC when she killed them crowds at the takeover.
1: People on the main roster right now, the main roster crowd is just staring
2: at her right now. Yeah, yeah, like this was supposed to get you to care, and maybe you know, maybe um, you know, I at this point. They need to have her go out there and have another match with Asuka and have them go through, you know, the match they were supposed to have two weeks ago and have them have that match again Um, and have her, like, you know, beat her clean. Um, they'll try to build, because, you know, there's only so many women that have, like, real credibility with the crowd, and that's, like, Becky, Charlotte, Asuka, um, and... That's really it right now. So,
1: she can wrestle. She already
2: fought Kyrie. She can't fight
1: anybody else that's in the Elimination Chamber or the match won't come, come out that good. Right. It. So, all that
2: leaves is Asuka. Right. So, Oscar's going to be out here left holding the bag just like last year, too. Yeah. Right before WrestleMania.
1: Oscar's the Braun Strowman of women. Like she's the person that they <laughs> knock them down for to to have somebody beat to get them over to whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Shayna oh now, whether it's Becky. she just got done putting Becky over, so like you know that, that that's how Asuka's being treated here. So I, I mean, mean come on, man. this I is mean, like
2: from okay. So there is this per- the perspective of like she might be the top promo in the company while not speaking a lick of fucking English, (laughs) or not speaking almost no English, like I'm
1: not going that far, but (laughs) I
2: enjoy, okay, maybe I'm tripping, but I I tell you right now, I enjoy nothing more than like, the few times I do watch main roster TV is like when Asuka gets a mic and she basically starts cutting cussing motherfuckers out in Japanese, I I, I enjoy the shit out of it like, parts Probably like the second or third best thing in the chamber match uh, last night between them was Oscar behind the cage, getting mic'd up, just, just fucking going through histrionics and shouting. Like, I, I I found it like slightly compelling. Like, would I rather watch her Russell. Hell yeah. But in lieu of that, it was entertaining to me. But, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of, uh, we went through it. Like, the first two matches were... Uh, matches that I recommend to people to check out and watch and show you, like, this company still, you know, can do things. And it's funny because, like, the matches that, that stuck out and were the two best matches of the night were, like, the two least WWE matches. Like, you had us, you had, like, a, a regular, a normal pace Lucia match, and you had, like, people out there on the mat wrestling and selling, like, the wares of, of, you know, combat. What do you know? Like, it doesn't have to be formulaic.
1: Hey man, shout out to the people that was coming up with the change form petition form to get Becky versus Shane on the pre show. Y'all made what? me laugh. Yes, motherfuckers whipped up with change petition form
2: to put them on the pre show. It's not that serious, <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. Um, it <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I mean, I will say this like, uh. If you were trying to build interest in WrestleMania, like this was not the show to put on to get you to say, Well, they just did this. I can't wait to see what they did in WrestleMania because like well first off, like most people that are in big matches were not even on the fucking car. Randy Orr was nowhere to be found. <laughs> so uh neither was neither was Roman, neither was Drew. Like this was clear this was a full on B team pay per view. They didn't even pretend. Yeah. Like yeah. Charlotte was nowhere to be found either. Well <laughs> gotta um, gotta 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 you know keep her keep her tucked away. Yes. Yeah, so um so yeah, I mean I it's just a thumbs in the middle show. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, it's just in the middle. It's the mid, the mid, the mid. So yeah, so yeah, there you yeah. go. Um so yeah, I uh I guess from there, um, now that we've talked about the show for an hour and eight minutes or so. Um Server Ward. I forgot about that. We can we can talk about the observer awards. Uh Let's do let's do Stardom first, and then the observer
1: awards. All right. So um, Stardom had no people gate, but before yep. we talk about no people gate, you already know what we got to do first. James, hit the music. <laughs>
2: okay so no people gate um stardom's cork and hall show that was meant for the beginning of uh, march um because of concerns due to the coronavirus uh and you know spreading they decided to do an empty arena show um and you know as a byproduct of that they decided like it's for no there's no gate all right, we'll call it no people gate, and then we will throw out a, a lineup that like we were we weren't expecting to draw like even 900 people with this card. Um, so, um, I, I know you. I, th- I know you said you fell asleep while in the middle of watching it or whatever. Uh, yeah. but, um. What do you? But the mess you did see. Uh. What do you think of the battle royale?
1: <laughs> I was dying laughing during <laughs> it. Oh, um, just. I don't know who the, like, I forgot what her name was. She had, like, the blue gear on. She was, like, older.
2: Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, I think it's Momo Nakanishi. She's a former um, All Japan Women's Champion from, like, the era that, like, Nanai Takahashi was around. She was, like,
1: going around and just surviving
2: and doing, like, the
1: whole match. Uh, You got, you know, Lil Saya and she (laughs) has multiple personalities, (laughs) apparently. She's running in as a strong machine, which is always amazing. And um, Captain
2: Captain Captain Stardom. Stardom what the fuck like
1: just, just <laughs> fucking hilarious uh, they were all in like a huge like i think it was like they, like a head tr- triangle short triangle choke like all the way across the ring and then they were getting flipped over bitch i was hollering
3: like <laughs> like
1: just just foolishness upon foolishness and i had forgot it was a uh, battle world to start really uh, yeah so i was just like oh, okay cool and then like the first person runs out and i'm like Oh, yeah, that's right. It's about a royal, and then um, it's a fucking hilarious atmosphere. Uh, they actually have commentary. Like Liger was on commentary, and yes. who else but Liger?
2: Um, I'm not sure, but throughout the night, like they had Momo um, Momo Nakanishi okay. come out and pitch in for certain matches. They had um Yoko Bito pitch in for certain matches. Yoko Bito is. Oh, so funny in- thing, like. But oh. Uh, Yoko Bito is a was also in the first class of stardom rookies with like um Arissa and um in um Mayu. She uh she left after a certain number of years and then came back, and when she came back she got a white belt run and was in a tag team with um Kyrie called uh BY Ho. Like she's one of the best performers. Like she's a she's a stardom hall of famer, if there was a such thing. Um uh, but like she was always somebody that was primed or picked kind of handpicked to be like a star bigger than Mayu, but Mayu just broke through um, because you just can't deny that kind of talent. So the um, <clears throat> funny thing I saw with Def Yamasan
1: doing her full entrance with no people there <laughs> and just <laughs> dab, dab, dab. And then I was disappointed that Saki... Big sock or Big Saya, excuse me, mm-hmm. didn't hit the dance on the way to the ring. Oh, I,
2: I was I was wondering where the dance was. You know, like it's it's funny. Like she changes factions and like she hasn't changed her gear yet. So she's coming out and she has like the QQ mask on the Queen's Quest mask on, mask on but everything else is still this big ass like like tutu skirt uh pants thing she's wearing and the like the, 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 the white, silver, pink and, and lime green and just like yo, you ain't changed you ain't changed nothing yet. Like you you come like you just alright, whatever. Like we'll see what happens over time. But it's like you ain't getting no new gear yet. It's been weeks. Um yeah. so she
1: started putting people away though. Like she started like yeah, hitting people did. with a bunch of finishers until she was out of there.
2: Yeah. Um one thing you mentioned the uh It was you, fun though yes it was, it was a fun match, I, I, from my perspective, I'm like, I want y'all to go out here and have, like, a match better than the Royal Rumble, and then, like, you see how fast everyone's coming out between entrants, like, it's like, it feels like it was, like, one minute or 45 seconds between each, uh, entrant coming out, so he's like, there's no way you're gonna give people time to do, you know, whatever you need to do to have a great match, but they had a, they had a really fun comedy match, and that's what y'all be, be taken for, uh, there was, like, one moment of really good wrestling in the, on that in that match, and that was when they had um, Konami, who's now in New Gear is incredible, and Tam, and they were going out there just having a strike exchange, yeah, yeah. and that was awesome. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, did you
1: get a sense of, like, you know how many people were watching this show? Because I thought I saw, like, 9,000 like live viewers at 1.9600 or something.
2: Um, I didn't did- watch the app from my phone. I watched it from... Um, um i watched it from the roku so like i gotcha. didn't have like the live stuff up but i will say that i'm surprised it like i saw the viewership of it late uh recently let me look at it again real quick uh
1: what, was there any feeling of like all right don't embarrass me
2: that's, that's <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay so all right this is what i will say um yeah so right now it has 126 views 126,000 views, which is like on par with like a low level being the elite, which is like sh- for me staggering considering it was like this is wrestling behind a this any this is women's indie wrestling behind a paywall in Japan. This shit shouldn't be getting views like this other than people that have heard the reps in the names of EO and Kyrie and like they respect that kind of um and you know even Riho for example, cause she's in stardom, but you know she does bits of Stardom, or whatever. I was like, I think a lot of this is, you know, the rep that Stardom has had that they can get a free, you know, quote unquote pay per view show. And from some of the stuff I've seen of it, people have enjoyed the show, which I found shocking because, like, I'm comparing it to previous Corakins, and like, this is like the worst Corakin since like the Cinderella tournament last year and last, so like literally last April. Yeah, people this is, like la- this is like the worst show overall. So it's like, if people really enjoy this, then like. I hope they sign on because you're going to see a lot better rest than what you even saw here. Um, And that's kind of my hesitation when we went to New York was like, look, I know they're good. Are they going to come out here and bring it And Luckily at the end they did. Uh, So I'm always like, I enjoy this. Don't embarrass me. So I was like that throughout the whole time. Do not embarrass me. Do not come out here and put out this fucking mid-ass show. And they put out a good show, but it wasn't great. And like their last few uh, Corrigan Hall shows had been flat out great. So I, I was like, all right, are people going to be like, well, this is like any other good wrestling, but people were really into it. So from response. So I, I'm happy they come out here and embarrass me. Thank you, Rossi. Thank you. Mayu. thank you everyone else. Um, but yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I, I thought when when Death Yamasan came out and like did the Death thing in front of Liger and then Liger does it too. How I, 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 like, Liger was Liger was like the MVP of the show, like this or like the uh, what do you call it? The unsung hero. Like his enthusiasm, he was so happy to actually be calling this shit. And like I thought, it was, I thought he added to the show as far as like broadcast perspective from it's an empty arena, but like his energy and the uh, the other announced crew's energy like helped add to the show. So um, at the end of it. The, the final three were um, Little Saya, Azumi, and uh, Momo Nakanishi. And, um, Azumi and Momo up getting caught up on the apron, <clears throat> and then um, Saya, who is, I think, super deaf starlight machine at the time. Yes, that's what she was. Uh, is up clearing both of them while they're both hanging off of the rope, yeah, and she wins. A Big fall. I yes. Um Yeah, the training was off. Like I, I'm, <laughs> like before, uh, when, at beginning of last year, she was like, "I'm not gonna do any, you know, crazy bumps or anything stupid like that." And then, like since, since pretty much everything changed once she got into the Grand Prix, it's like, "Look, man, this is this is what it's gonna take to have good matches to to showcase her," and um, that's where she is now. Like, um, I wonder what they're gonna do with Starlight now that she's graduated from high school. <laughs>
1: Congratulations,
3: Starlight
2: Kid! <laughs> I, wonder what she, I wonder what they're going to do with her as far as uh, um, what their track is for her because they've always had a they always thought highly of her or higher of her than Azumi. Um, but I think Azumi has surpassed her, so we'll see. Um, but it, it was funny that Starlight had the or Starlight Kid had the spot in the match uh, where she comes out after uh, Saya comes back as Captain Stardom. Which is like yeah. ridiculous. So they're like, Man, this captain is this is fucking science. Take this mask off. And they're in the road trying to get the, <laughs> the mask off. And then like Starlight Kid comes out and a makes it safer because like mass wrestlers saves mass wrestlers. I appreciated that. Um but yeah, uh but we'll see. So as a, far as promotion should have a captain promotion.
3: <laughs> that captain, and multiple captain
1: people Yes yeah, so, uh, <laughs> that multiple people can dom the mask or like a super strong machine.
2: Oh, it could be God. anybody. Like, a running gimmick, a running gag, yeah. and it be... Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That sounds like some shit that's, that's happened in, like, some indie promotion. That sounds like some shit that would happen in, like, Shikara or something like that. So, um, like,
1: the, the one with New Japan is, like, Super Strong Machine. It was, like... Andre the Giant was, like, Giant Machine uh, out there back in the day. Uh, there were, like... <laughs> During a uh, Super Strong Machine's retirement match, like Tanahashi was dressed as like you know a machine, and there was like a five on five, and it was like all current wrestlers like had the the machine mask or whatever. Ridiculous! I love I
2: love that type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow! All right, so um, after after Saya slash, or little Saya slash Super Starlight, I'm sorry, Super Strong Starlight Machine uh, wins, she challenges Nakatora. Um, Naskator was meant to be in um, a white belt match against um, Arissa, but apparently Arissa came up that day with um, with n- severe neck pain, so they told her to stay home. Um, hope she gets gets well soon. Um, she was going to win this match anyway, so it didn't really matter. Uh, so. Nasco comes out and she pretty much does like a four or five minute squash on on little Saya and wins and like I think a lot of people that haven't seen her rust before like they thought that she looked like a star so that's cool like um we'll see whenever she gets her match but I don't think that's gonna be a good match and like that star aura will be gone but we'll see
1: hey um I just hope Arissa's okay
2: yeah. Like I need Arisa to be upright and healthy, and I need her to beat Nasco, and then I need her to eventually transition this belt in a great match to someone, whoever it is, whatever. Or she can just get healthy and continue to have matches. Whichever was fine with me, but like, it was weird because like there was no, there was no sign that this match wasn't happening until the matches didn't happen. Like they they, they could have given us a heads up or anything. Like this flat out flat fat herbs is um false advertising, because they were still promoting that show up to 12 hours before the uh, that match, for 12 hours before the show, so... Yeah, you know, like, I,
1: I noticed it in the comment section during, like, the Battle World, people were like, no Arisa, no Arisa!"
2: like, all, over and over. And I was like, huh, I wonder what that means, but... um, yeah. Yeah. um, But, I mean, I will say this, like, the match I was probably most worried about as far as showing to people that don't watch Stardom or never watch Stardom was that match between those two, so the fact that, like, those two didn't come out here and have some 15 minute two star match, like, fine by me. Um, so after that, you end up getting the uh, you end up getting um, Hannah Kimura and Jungle Kiona versus uh, Micah and Julia. And this match was better than I thought it was going to be. I thought this match was just going to be a standard. Good match, a regular three star thing. Um, in turn, I'd be a lot better. Um, I think that Julia and Hannah have now come to the realization that them together, they have something when they just brawl each other and they just, you know, trade kicks and in, in strikes with each other and scream in the middle of the ring and one, run ropes or whatever else. And them trying to actually do Bret Hart's professional wrestling is not for them. So, uh, I think mm-hmm. they're, I think, <clears throat> I think they're learning, uh, very well. I thought that, um, Micah's work on Jungle's uh, bad shoulder in Jungle Sunning was excellent, and I thought that that made for a very good match.
1: Um, so, so it's like Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel, but except they instead of them not wanting to punch each other, they do want to punch each yes,
2: other. Yes, it's Bizarro. I want to punch each other in the face. Yes, um, and you and like they were really get like it's believable. Like you can see. You can believe; it's very easy to believe that they hate each other's guts, even though obviously they don't. It's it's a war. pretty girl heat. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so that that worked out very well. Um, Jungle, surprisingly, I thought Jungle was going to be in this match. You get a penny be a pen eater because they um they have pushed uh the tag team of Julia and Micah and you know also the DDM uh trios uh when they add uh Shuri. Like very hard, I don't think they've lost once yet, uh so or up until tonight, uh on Saturday night, so I thought I was kind of surprised and pleasantly surprised that jungle ended up beating um Micah um now they don't have translations up, so I'm not sure what was said after the match, but jungle and Mike and seemed to have challenged um Julia, so I think they're gonna have a match, and you know you put jungle in there with anybody, and it's gonna be really good at the worst so um i, I I'm interested to see that match. No doubt. Yeah, so next match after that, you get the match I thought was going to be the best match in the card, and it turned out to be the best classic match. Uh, You end up getting the tag team title match of B and Jamie versus uh, Momo and Utami, and they just went out there and had the match you thought they were going to have, just running and hitting and and suplexes and throwing and kicks. It was awesome. Um, I don't know if I'm... I might go the full four on it. I might go the full four. I'm not sure, though. I have to rewatch it. But um, they went out there and did their thing. Um, the standard match, standard Utami and Momo match, like, they never have bad tag matches ever. So um, they just continues that. Um, So after the match, they ended up um, having B pin Momo with the uh, Queen's Landing, the Japanese Ultra Cyclone Suplex, um, so after the match, Big Saya comes out because now she's in Queen's Quest and, and decides that she, because Utami didn't pin, she wants to make a new tag team of Utami and Big Saya uh, and have them challenge for the tag titles. And then, so the sisters of destruction. <laughs> it's funny because uh, John from John from Omakase dubbed it as. Uh, the twin towers so so, so it's, it's pretty much the same thing you just, just just tall people just going at it so yeah that's funny um but they're momo in i'm sorry not momo but b and jamie are incredulous like b is, gets on the mic and says we just beat you and you want to challenge us with her fine we'll whoop your ass no problem so that's setting it up so that's gonna be i think that's gonna be a really good match when they have it eventually like um Utami and Jamie they're, they're really good together. They just throw each other around. So that's cool. Um and then the main event. Main event Um <laughs> non-title match Mayu Itani versus Saki Kashima. Saki comes out, she finally has new gear. She finally is not dressing like Nasco uh from last year. She has her own gear. She has her own look. Nice nice looking outfit. Um all black, of course, because she's evil now. Um, Mayu comes out. In Mayu, you know, typical Mayu stuff she does. She comes out. She has two wristbands on. She goes to the rope. She takes off one of the wristbands. She goes to throw into the crowd like always. When she takes off the wristband, she comes to the realization. Oh, shit, ain't no people. What am I going to do? She looks, she looks and sees way to the far corner, Liger and the announce table. Points at Liger. She makes, she throws the the wristband all the way into the crowd, or all the way to Liger. Liger catches it. Liger is fucking so excited that he caught this thing. He's so happy. It's, it's, it's I don't know why this made me happy, but like the fact that he was so giddy that that he caught this thing is like he's such a Mark for my is awesome. So, um, they they start wrestling and then it turns into uh, a l- lumberjack match. But plus, like this is at worst the second best lumberjack match I've ever seen which means like this is the second good lumberjack match that's ever existed so, <laughs> so <laughs> like, um, and they um pretty much the whole story is Mayu is clearly better than her she's kicking her ass at every turn but Oedo ties out there with with stars and they're bigger and they're evil so they're better at interference and, and cheating when someone gets thrown out the ring than stars um. So, uh, real quick note before we go further. When we talk about Mayu's entrance, we always talk about uh, we talk about the the risk being thrown. We all, the main thing is she's twirling in, in amongst the streamers, uh, and that's that one thing about the show. No streamers, ah, except because you missed this yeah. Tam because Tam loves Mayu so dearly, and Starlight Kid because Ditto. They both had cannon blasters of streamers, and when Mayu's name got announced, they shot them into the air for Mayu to do her to do her, her her thing, which made me All think right. like, see, this is this people in a faction is caring about each other, what being real people that love each other, or whatever else, and then eventually there's a turn. This like, is
1: real friendship. So like, right. so next week on One Nation Radio, James, I'm gonna need you to throw some streamers in the air once you announce me. <laughs>
2: So, so we're so we're actually going to like do the do the show like together for once <laughs> <laughs> like we I think we've only done it like one one or two times like the last like couple of years so like if, if that's what you want to do find out me you just gotta give me a time and I'll just come through but that's you know it's whatever like maybe you know what Maybe, maybe I can call
1: maybe,
2: maybe I can holla at um at Josh and see if he still has stream streamers left over from from, from, <laughs> from, from, New from, from SuperCard of uh, of of Honor Twelve in New Orleans when he bought all those streamers and he's he found out how far away you were so they may have like twenty bucks worth of streamers just in a just in a damn oh. bag that he could do shit with. Him. I think he's some way out right through the show. I,
3: I, I, if, if not, he
2: might still have them. So let me go holla at Josh. Um, but yeah, so. Um so like I said, flash forward back to the to the match, um the Oedota's better at cheating, so they end up outside the ring, and then um Ma-Yi said I've had about enough of this. So she does her a top rope dive into the crowd. The problem is the crowd catches her because she's so slight and, and skinny, and then they decide to take her up the ramp to the typical uh second uh the tunnel way in um in Corrigan. Um, it leads to a a dive off the uh, balcony deal or the staircase deal or whatever else um, from Mayu onto the crowd of people. But Saki wasn't there, so as soon as Mayu gets up from that dive, she hits her with a chair, <laughs> uh, and then um, she takes her all the way to the top to the to the back part of a uh, Corcoran Hall, and then just kicks her down the stairs, um, down one flight of stairs, and then Mayu keeps tumbling all the way through the walkway and then tumbles yes. down the second flight of stairs all the way down to the floor right by Liger's announce table. It was hilarious. So uh then they get back into the ring and Saki's working her over and then Mayu comes back and ends up giving her a uh a <laughs> um a running power bomb over the top rope onto the crowd up onto the lumberjacks. Um and then to get Ma- get her back to the, the ring. The running three. Yes, the running three. Uh yeah, pretty much. Uh, so and Mayu's been pin- it's 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 so funny to see like someone that skinny like powerbombing people, running power people, but anyway, so get her back to the ring. And then Mayu clearly has the match one. It's just a matter of what she's gonna pin her with. So she goes for a... I goes for a um I believe it's a frog splash, gets the frog splash. Um, <laughs> we end up getting uh, the ref gets pulled out the ring at one point, there's two different refs, there's two different ref spots, uh, ref bump spots, or whatever else, but, none of it matters, Mayu at the end just kills her, just, super kick, high kick, Saki goes down to a knee, another, another, I'm sorry, I forgot to say, basically it's four kicks, and all of them are just devastating between, hey, kicks and super kicks, and just lays her out, just murders this woman, um, I think that's when we get the last ref bump, and then Maia says, "I've had enough." Just hits her with a, uh, a moon salt and or dragon or sorry dragon suplex, and then a moon salt, and calls it a day. Um, just just uh, just just beats the shit out the, out of Saki. Like Saki got whooped in a way that was like, if Cody had whooped MJF like this, we would say like, MJF got to leave promotion. He's done. He's done in this town. He'll never he'll, he should <laughs> never beat another person. Like he beat she beat the shit out of Saki. So. um, Mayu celebrates, and her normal, uh, you know, gets on the mic, and normally when, um, you know, she wins at the end of a show, she grabs, gets on the mic, and she yells, Corkin Hall, good evening, and the crowd cheers back, good evening, so, crowd's empty, of course, so she goes, Corkin Hall, good evening, and then fucking Liger, as loud as he can, at the top of his lungs, shouts back, good evening, <laughs> And it reverberated around all Corrigan Hall. And then like Maya starts laughing and says, Thank you, uh Liger San. And then, you know, I obviously I can't tell anything else for now, I don't speak Japanese, but um she got the rest of uh stardom, or stars in the ring and then signed off and that was the end of the show. Um like I said, this was a fun show. Um and I think, you know, for some for people that have never seen Stardom, you can see that like they get they did all this stuff and the two hour show was light, it was breezy, it was fun and if you're someone that's like i want you know you're a person that's hunting for match of the year candidates and or great matches or whatever else, four star matches that sort of thing like if you tune in and watch stardom and see the next corkin hall thing you will get three of those um this is just a special uh circumstance uh given what was going on um actually well i take that back uh next corkin is the Cinderella tournament it that's 10 minute time limit matches so i don't know how it's going to turn out but like the typical sardom quirk and hall shows like you get like three great matches so um for those that enjoyed it there's they do better than even this so check it out it is yeah so you say you want to talk about the observer awards right yes sir
1: so uh, the Wrestling Observer Awards dropped. in the last show we said we were going to talk about it. We ran out of time. So here we will go through uh, the winners and just, you know, our various thoughts mm-hmm. on them. So the Luther Ric Flair Wrestler of the Year Award. Uh, number three was Will Ospreay. Number two, Kazushka Okada. And number one, Chris Jericho. That's why I voted for. Um, big business in multiple countries. First champion of AEW, still wrestling at a good enough level. Best promo in the business right now. Jericho turned the clock back; just made me feel so happy this year. And
2: he's forty-nine years old. He's the oldest winner uh, ever. Yeah, I have no disagreements with this. Um, you know, other people that had claims for it have things that are in the way, like Okada. This was this was a very um, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, he's at the LeBron level now, where it's like, any year he can win the shit, so therefore, like, <laughs> now we're just, like, looking for other people, but, like, this was, um, this is like, a pretty standard Okada year, this wasn't anything like his 2017 or 18 year, um, you look at Osprey. Osprey was the best wrestler in the world in the ring, but he still was so much of a junior and wasn't put in positions to draw on top to where like, he was just the ultimate luxury in in all the professional wrestling this year. But he wasn't somebody that you say like he carried the company because he absolutely did not. Um, And then you look at Jericho in Jericho, you know, between the stuff in new Japan and the stuff in um, all, all the wrestling from, uh, from the cruise ship stuff, like, he was the biggest draw in professional wrestling this year. Um, and once you throw in like the the quality of the television he did week in, week out, the work he was doing as a facilitator to help get other acts of whether it was the Scorpio Sky stuff or the Darby Allen stuff or um, getting you know, helping spotlight and showcase people like uh Guevara and giving you reason to actually care about uh Hager or helping get over how, how tough Thug and Ruffian are and Ortiz and in um, <laughs> Santana. Like he got him he got a faction over. Um like he he's did a great job uh at the end of the year and like I you know um it it, it was him. It just had to be him.
1: So round out the uh, top ten we had Cody at number four Adam Cole at number five, uh, the only WWE or NXT person that made a top ten appearance, mm-hmm. Kenzo Miyahara, Kota Ibushi, John Moxley, Roshi Tanahashi, and number ten, Kenny Omega for, you know, his terrible year where he ruined his career and just was completely not the same. Oh, just a number ten finish in wrestler of the year. Um, four guys from AEW, looks like four guys from New Japan, and you know all japan and nxt right there so uh that's how the uh awards broke down there
2: yeah um i mean i would i would quibble about um i would quibble about adam cole in 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 cody switching spots but that's just from a flat-out work rate perspective as far as a character standpoint cody killed him so. It, I've, I've seen it as even like where where Adam Cole kills him in the ring, Cody kills him as a performer, uh, as far as a a character. So I think I feel like it's kind of a wash between those two. You get to flip flop either one depending on what what you prefer in your wrestling.
1: So we got our most outstanding this is a strictly to work rate. Um, we got number three Kota Ibushi, number two Will Osprey. Excuse me, number two Kazuki Okada, number one Will Osprey in a runaway landslide yeah. like. Most legendary year you're ever going to find. Wrestled in every tournament under the sun. You you couldn't like he had the cheat code. He had the G one, the best super juniors, and various matches. You know all in yep, and all other various matches in between. Tokyo Dome, Dominion. uh, He he was he was the one. Like as soon as you heard that, it was it was on. Like yeah, I mean this was
2: this was. this was one that was undisputed, like, we, I remember, um, saying to you, like, halfway, maybe it was, like, after Best Super Junior, maybe sometime, I was like, dude, it feels like he's on pace to have, like, a better year than any Kenny year, and I remember you initially, like, scoffed, and then, like, as stuffs just added up, it just kind of, I mean, even you were just like, yeah, he's, he's, he's on some other shit right now. (laughs) So, so, yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, um I'm i I'm kinda surprised that uh Ibushi ended up over um, um Ishii, Ishii or But Shango. I'm, I'm assuming but I'm assuming it has to do with the fact that uh, you know, you have the big the the biggest match of the you know, the Grant the G one final and that like in people's minds like is bigger than anything that Ishii did, even though I you know, I think Ishii was Ishii would be my number three pick. So,
1: rounding out the top ten, uh, Shingo Takagi number four, Ishii, number five, Johnny Gargano number six, Ray <laughs> Phoenix number seven, Kento Miyahara number eight, Adam Cole number nine, and the man that ruined his own career by coming to America, Kenny Omega.
2: Dude, you said Kenny? You said that Johnny finished sixth. Yeah, he finished sixth. He only wrestled fifteen matches on TV this year <laughs> or last year. <laughs> God damn, you good? (laughs) It's finishing for the (laughs) call. Look, I I don't know.
1: Actually, no. He finished seventh, but it's listed incorrectly. He's still finishing for the call. Ray Phoenix had 312 points, and they have him on number seven. Johnny had 284, and they had him at six.
2: My point either way is it's still fucking wild that he he still finished top ten, and he only handled 15 matches. Hey.
1: Like he wasn't, he wasn't fucking around.
2: He was not, but still, this still like, yo, he like. I wonder if anyone's ever finished top ten with that with that little amount of matches in a year. I wonder.
1: Let's see. So i ain't looking through
2: all that. That's that's a long ass uh, dive. No, thank you.
1: So it looks like we've got one, two, three, four, five guys from New Japan. We got two from NXT, two from AEW, and one from All Japan
2: how many from the main roster zip zilch none nada oh Oh.
1: yeah none of that
2: yeah oh yeah i didn't i I didn't mention this on air because uh this was a thing we talked about on um um in the thread (laughs) but for those that are like that you know just trying to follow and try to keep pace of you know what match i need to check out from a perspective of if i don't i feel like parachuting in on uh, promotions or whatever else Cage match. Uh, we talked about this at the end of the year with um dur- with Imp during the 2019 WWE NXT AEW uh, review stuff and talked about like th- how much better like wrestling is on the network than it is the main roster, which makes no sense or shouldn't make any sense. And we had mentioned that like there were 198 recommended matches on Cage Match in all of WWE and 95 from the main roster last year. This year, between in the first two months of the year, just February and January, the main roster has had six recommended matches, and the network has had twenty three. Yeah, it's somehow it's getting even worse. So I just wanted to point it out and we move on to the next thing.
1: So, Will Ospreay, just for more context, he had five matches like in the Observer that were five stars or better, mm-hmm. and another 17 rated four and a half or better.
2: Damn, that's wild!
1: Yeah, um, I'm gonna skip the MMA awards, uh, tag team of the year. So, um, number three, we got Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, number two, the Young Bucks, and number one, Pentagon and Phoenix for their work, mm. just. All year, so like that, taking that half of the year off, kind of looks like it did the Bucks in, um, and they they got their they won best tag team. It looks like one, two, three, four, five previous years were the Young Bucks, so big uh, upset here, and you know seeing not seeing the Bucks at the top, so Pentagon and uh, and Phoenix number one, kind of by a wide margin here.
2: Hmm. Um. I'm assuming that's because of their work um, in in I'll Mexico, swear, right? Yeah. Has to be, and uh, also PWG
1: Indies, yeah, A-A-W, PWG, yeah. wherever you could yeah. set up a ring,
2: they was out yeah, here. Pretty much, so. they out here. <laughs> them boys get dates. <laughs> it yeah. don't matter. Like every every week is WrestleMania week for them. Like they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really, I don't really have much of the uh, yeah round and
1: yeah. Round up in okay. the top ten. Number four, Santana and Ortiz. Mm. Five, Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa. Don't know who those gentlemen are, unfortunately. Uh, I know someone's probably screaming. Wait, at what's, the, the, uh,
2: what's the name of the man?
1: Suwama and Shuji Ishikawa.
2: I, I can't remember what.
1: I can't remember. Noah, All Japan? One of those two. Um, <laughs> then we got J.O.D. And then uh, we got Goshi Ozaki and Katsuhiko Nakajima. and we got... Um, Frankie Kazarian, Scorpio Sky, SCU. Number eight, or excuse me, number nine, Will spring and Robbie Eagles, and number 10, the Briscoes. Mm. Honorable mention, Ricky and Robert Gibson. That's hilarious.
2: Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> New, New Day were also honorable mention, so we're showing you from wow. the Viking Raiders. Wow. <laughs> so, bets on interviews. Number three, MJF. Number two, Cody. And number one, by a wide margin, kind of, Chris Jericho. So, like, pretty much what we said about Jericho, you know, at the top of uh, the heap, like, he was just the man it, everywhere you can look. So, um, number four, right, Cody and MJF, like, those guys, like, you know, had great years also, was, mm-hmm. you know, on interviews. Like, Cody has a uh, all-time highlight real promo that that he did of course, you know on top of you know the uh the speech man promos that he's been doing like in the video pieces and uh things like that.
2: Do you how MJL. much do you think how much do you think Cody stuff got hurt by um like it not being on TV and it being like Road stuff?
1: I don't think it got hurt really okay. at all because okay a
2: lot of Jericho stuff was there too. So okay um, okay because the thing is like not, the stuff not that, as much but right right I think the thing for me just in my mind is like. I remember everything that, I remember all the Jericho stuff, right? But like, Cody had you know, the Ellis Island promo, and he, the other one that's notable is like the Road 2 thing for, for, um, I'm talking about getting one of the past, uh, mm-hmm. to talk, get to uh, Double or Nothing with, uh, with his brother, so yep. I was wondering like if, you know, that got hurt because people just didn't see that one, or whatever else, or, or whatever. But like, I thought it was, I thought those were the top two people. I would've went with Jericho, but I, you know, it, the, the As best what I everyone saw else. Last, the, the best promo I saw last year was Ellis Island. So, you know. Um, number three is MJF. So,
1: shout out to him. Number four, uh, John Moxley. Number five, Zach Sabre Jr. Number six, Nick Boris Aldis Boris Johnson? Yes, Boris <laughs> <Forrest> Johnson. <laughs> look at Nick Aldous out here getting some votes somewhere. Good for you, Nick oh yeah yeah until i forget um you know maybe he should try cutting his promos in japanese or something so, <laughs> number seven becky lynch uh who largely went i would probably say ice cold after wrestlemania or a certain point um daniel bryan number eight number nine david Starr. Uh number 10 samoa joe mm.
2: <clears throat> okay So funny how
1: we didn't see the fiend in there anyway.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like for all of the for all of the Japanese fetishization, like I don't I don't understand how come there was nobody that was Japanese on that list. Amazing, I I, you know, I I, I thought never no oh okay
1: um top (laughs) top four all in AEW this is a promo promotion apparently so um. Promotion of the year. So, number three, WWE. Number two, AEW. Number one, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they've won like six years. They've won every year going back to 2012. So, I think they're going to get a challenge this year.
2: Well, yeah, because they're not allowed to run shows right now. So, uh, and then 2011, I think 2011 was at WWE, right?
1: No, that was UFC. Like the UFC had a six year run before that.
2: Okay. I could have swore that WWE had won one like the last few years. Well, okay, whatever. Um, maybe I'm thinking yeah. of the early two thousands more than anything else. Yeah, early
1: two thousands back yeah. to
2: back. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um I, I don't disagree. So um, uh I the problem with WWE is WWE is so big that it's like no matter what it does or whatever, like given what the network is, how we just uh, talked about it, like, um, just a staggering number of, uh recommended matches out of wwe on the network and then like the lack of that given the amount of tv time that the main roster gets like you're going to get it finishing top three for best promotion and then also finishing you know top three for worst promotion because there's a lot of space and a lot of content and a lot of it is some of the best of wrestling a lot of it's some of the worst of wrestling so you're going to get it on both sides like it's 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 so big that it's going to end up like that. And it's it probably is like that every single year. They've but I've never yeah. really thought about it. I'm pretty sure like it's top three for both worst and best promotion for like the last few years.
1: Uh, number four is the NWA number five UFC tied for sixth, um dragon gate and stardom. Number seven DDT number eight, triple a number nine OCT number 10, all Japan. Hey,
2: do me a favor. Where did stardom finish in uh in first place votes?
1: four, and Dragon Gate had two.
2: Yeah, so that's my, that's the point, like, if you watch Stardom, you'll enjoy it, like, honestly, like, between my three favorite promotions in, in the world right now, if I were to rank them, probably be New Japan, because the wrestling is unmatched, AEW, and then Stardom, Stardom would be my third favorite promotion in the world right now, it's higher than NXT right now.
1: Then I'm um, looking forward to Best Weekly TV Show um, number three, NWA Power. Hey, Nick, all this. We see you. Number two, NXT. And number one, despite only running since October, AEW Dynamite. Handily dominating the ratings war and um, the um, Wednesday Night Wars. And, you know, it's, it's just a, been
2: it's a, a fucking show phenomenal weeks. show. It's a better show uh, most weeks and that just like from people, you know, like like to shit on um nxt is like well to finish second and that's what we're talking about we're talking about two awesome shows at the end of the day and like my wednesdays are always a joy
1: um so number four uh we got new japan on access number five being the elite shouts out to BTE all the bce viewers uh number six mlw fusion seven beyond uncharted territory number eight aw dark the much maligned AEW Dark. Number nine, Impact Wrestling. Number ten, the AEW Road 2 series. So that's four different shows for AEW. My God. Um, so lots of votes. I, I They got they got first place votes too. AEW Road 2. That's oh, fuck amazing. Off. That's amazing.
2: Yeah, that's bullshit. They should just gave that shit to Dynamite and called it a day. Being elite got 11 first
1: place votes. Yeah,
2: those people are tripping too. Put that shit on Dynamite. And stop wasting. yeah, spreading votes and shit. <laughs> like, what if it had been a dog fight for somebody? That would have cost Dynamite <laughs> the vote because y'all want to fuck off and give it to a, the fucking road show or whatever else. Stop being stupid, goofy asses. All right. So, uh, what else?
1: Uh, pro wrestling match of the year. So, number three: Cody versus Dustin uh, at Double or Nothing. Sure. Number two: Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kenny Omega. And number one: Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi.
2: Yeah, um, though I think those are the top two Look, matches. Two uh, out of three ain't bad. I think I believe those are the top two matches, uh, two matches or whatever. Obviously, it's all opinion and subjective, but like, um, and like, I know uh, Gurney C. Floyd getting up, is texting me about me, like, making the scoff about Sure or Chad or somebody, but like, that was not the third best match in the world this last year. Like, I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too, but like, I ain't got to lie either. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's fine. um Like I can see people like vote if People put on the top ten list. I'm not even gonna like sweat people put on the top ten. It's like sure, fine, but like three? Nah. Like that was not be- yeah. like that was not better than like Ishi and Shingo. That was not yeah. better than Osprey in in Okada. That was not better than Okada in obushi That's not like Nah. Let's not let's not. Do- that was not better than Ishi in um, in Naito. We don't have to do this. It's fine. So,
1: number four. Wasn't better,
2: that wasn't better than Johnny in um, in Cole.
1: So, number four was the Okada Osprey match. Number five was Gargano Cole 1. Number six was Shingo Takagi versus Tomohiro Ishii. Number seven, Young Bucks versus Pentagon and Phoenix at All Out, the ladder match. Number eight, Walter versus Tyler Bate. Number nine, Kota Ibushi versus Jay White. Number 10, John Masu versus Tomohiro Ishii.
2: Okay, so for example, right? Like, I'd probably put Cody. No, I'm not even going to say that because I will have, have Josh and Jeremy yell at me, so I'm not just going to leave that alone. But I could definitely – I'd definitely rock with that top ten, uh, Cody and, and Dustin, top ten, but not not top three, no.
1: So other uh, matches that, you know, looks like, you know, that you guys may be interested in. Uh, Kobe Kingston and Deion O'Brien was honorable mention – Versus Nakajima and Nene Takahashi was an honorable mention.
2: <laughs> hey, Nanai and, and, Nanai and um in um Nakajima, that was better than uh, Cody and in Dustin.
1: Kenny Omega and John Moxley was an honorable mention. Uh, the Young Bucks and Pentagon Jr.'s first match. Also Will Ospreay versus Hiroshi Takahashi was honorable mention. And
2: so was Star So um What what you say? Star and Devlin. Oh okay. Yeah, I heard people rave about it. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah,
1: very good, very good. So that was all the Category A awards. Category B is a little different. Uh, these ones are just, you know, um, you know, more specialized kind of awards. So uh, this is just determined strictly by first place votes. You send in one name for it. So, um, so we got our United States, Canada MVP, number three, Adam Cole, number two, Cody, number one, Chris Jericho, um, number four, Johnny Gargano, five, Nick Gage. <laughs>
2: Johnny Garko finished fourth,
1: <laughs> number fifteen.
2: That's crazy, dude. Excuse
1: me, fifteen tied for fifteen uh, points. It's Nick Gage and Becky Lynch. Number seven, Nick Daniel Gage. Bryan. Yep.
2: Like um, I know he does a lot of indie dates or whatever else, but like MVP over begging or in a in a MVP scenario, nah, bro. No. Nah.
1: And tied for seventh, Daniel Bryan and John Moxley. Number nine, Kenny Omega. Number ten, Seth Rollins. Wow, no Roman Reigns. That's wild. Well,
3: <laughs> compared to Seth last year.
1: Look, well, look, they was both throwing up duds and Z's on the board. Right. Like,
2: right. My point is, like, I feel like you, I feel like at the end of the day, like, Seth doesn't draw like Roman. So, like, they're still like they're still that. So. I don't know. I don't know how to do that with Seth and, and Roman no more.
1: Yeah, I don't think either of them really draw, but... I
2: mean, you get uh, my point, though. Like, it's like, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Japanese MVP, number three, Kento Miyahara. Number two, Will Osprey. Number one, Kazushiko Okada. So, number four was
2: oh, who, Kota, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, number four was Kota Ibushi. Number five, Tetsuya Naito. Number six, Kanasuki Takashita. And number seven, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Amazing. Tessie Unito not nowhere near the top. Hmm. Hmm. So Mexico's MVP. Uh we got LA Park, Roosh at number two, and then number one, AEW's Ray Phoenix. So uh Phoenix takes home an award there. Kenny Omega, honorable mention, thirteen <laughs> on that one. So I voted for Kenny. I didn't know much about the reason. Oh I my didn't god. Even think. <laughs> I, I didn't even think to to separate the Lucha Brothers from each other, but uh, yeah, oh, you Lord. know, Kenny has some you, awesome matches. You match- really,
2: you really voted for Mexican MVP Kenny Omega over La Parka. Yeah, I ain't watching none of the La Park matches. My, my, I guess my response would be, don't fucking vote because you don't know. <laughs> that, that would really be my response. Come on, man. Um, so we got the europe mvp look look, you you see how you see how luring white supremacy is you see (laughs) (laughs) let's vote for the white man i know instead of (laughs) instead of the instead of the natives that are actually there (laughs) let's move on (laughs) what's the next award
1: so, the next one is uh, Europe. You know, plenty, plenty of white guys to choose from oh, Europe. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so, number three, we got David Starr. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, Will Ospreay. And number one, Walter. So, um, round out the category number four, Zach Sabre Jr. Five, Jordan Devlin. Six, Pete Dunn. Seven, Tyler Bate. Number eight, Tim Thatcher. Nine, Chris Brooks. 7 Pac-Pack or 10 pack. Okay. Non-heavyweight MVP. Will Ospreay in a fucking blowout. Yeah. I'm don't even count everybody else. Um, (laughs) Women's wrestling MVP. Mm. Number three, Shayna Baszler. Number two, Tessa, I have the strongest mind I've ever known Blanchard. And number one, Becky Lynch. I don't think Becky had some type of great year or anything, but this was like kind of a by default thing. It feels like, um, They set her up. I don't know. I I, there weren't enough people for her to wrestle. That were stars. I feel like, like
2: I mean, the perfect example is look at that Elimination Chamber.
1: Yeah, and I I resent the fact that she, um, that that you know, I think I heard um, it was David Garrett say this that you know she that Becky went down once Ronda was gone. It was like, well, (laughs) what what else was she supposed to do? <laughs> what was she was supposed to just make it make it you know make it work with with Lacey Evans what, what was that was what was supposed yeah. to happen
2: yeah and then like transition that like that plus like her and Charlotte for the million fucking time in like the last uh, six, 16 months 18 months it's like you set her up for failure just like you set up uh Seth for failure just like you set up uh Roman Reigns for failure like they had these top stars they get their big m- match or whatever else at wrestlemania and then after that they go- have them don't not just you know uh they got a plan they do got something a- cool like the last the last good plan they had for any of these like top stars I mean, that are everyday people after WrestleMania was like put put AJ and, and um, Roman together in 2016 that might be the last time they had a good idea with that Remember what they did with uh, with yeah. Rollins after 2017? Yeah, go out there with Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that'll never get you over no. by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, number four was Ronda Rousey. Number five, Io Shirai. Six, Riho. Seven, Rhea Ripley. Number eight, Mayu Iwatani. Number nine, Sari. And number ten, Momo Watanabe. No Charlotte Flair.
2: Really? Wow.
1: Honorable mention. Uh, next, next, next to Arisa Hoshiki and Hanakamura.
2: Um, from an EP, MVP perspective um, I don't get having Momo over Hannah other than the fact that like Momo is like three times the wrestler that Hannah is but if it's an MVP discussion like Hannah's the top draw merch mover in stardom so therefore if you're the biggest merch mover in the largest women's wrestling promotion in the world you should be higher than a woman that is um just a great wrestler no knock against momo i love momo but i don't i don't see that but whatever we're talking about you know the end of the card or the end of the top 10 but yeah um sounds about right to me i guess so uh best box office draw i'm
1: gonna omit the ufc folks that were in there the ufc Person was John Jones for those of you that might want to know. But uh, as far as a three 2 one, uh, number three Kazusko Okada, number two Brock Lesnar, number one Chris Jericho. Not even close on
2: this. Sounds about right.
1: Uh, I actually voted for Kenny in this category because you know he had pretty much everything that Jericho did aside from like the TV numbers. So, um, what else we got here? Feud of the year. So we've got number three, Yom Buster's Pentagon and Phoenix. Number two, Chris Jericho versus Cody. And number one, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano.
2: Yeah. Um, surprising to hear that that finished number one, but it's like, all right, well, what feud actually like lasted the length of an actual real feud um, that was had that kind of caliber of match, that level of promo work. And like it's kind of cool. It was kind of funny that, like you know, Triple H pretty much broke that glass in case of emergency. Like That was clearly set for um, Toronto, but they had to move forward and just, you know, pull the trigger on it because Chompa went down with a neck injury. And like the half, you know, feud of the year on short notice is like, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Um, did not see any Ibushi versus Naito. That looks like it was an honorable <laughs> mention. I think that was the best, like, bell to bell wrestling feud of the year. Um, I think but. people were
2: turned off by the by them trying to murder each other. I think that's when they're happening. Um I would if it was more spotlighted I think that um the Takahashi versus Arisa Nakajima would have been up there because they had two matches. Um they had one I think it was uh I can't remember, but it was like earlier in the year and then they had the the the, giant, the hair versus hair match that was the big one that everyone was raves about on the Joshi scene but um it just doesn't get eyes so it is what it is. Most
1: improved uh, number three, Jungle Boy. Number two, John Moxley.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that too. Like he's going to end up winning most improved and like top brawler. Like after like his first few matches, G one is based off the fact he's out of WWE and he's not allowed to have his matches. It was funny. It's and crazy. number one,
1: Lance Archer. So that that great G one performance and and come on into AW. Looking forward to seeing you in in, in America. Here, um, rounding up the rest of the top ten, number four, Rhea Ripley, number five, Taichi, number six, Jay White, number seven, MJF, but uh, number eight, Darby Allen, tied for eighth, uh, is Cody with with Allen for eighth, and number ten, Will Ospreay. That's kind of a, I guess, you know, making the leap from the, like, uh like the top class to like the number one is what you know whereas in some people's eyes
2: I, I think he i think the thing is he works a more i think he works a style that more people that like would that think he's just a flippy dude they hate him i think he i think he like uh changed a lot of people's opinions this year because he did he did even though he does a bunch of flying he does less flying and you see more of his game now compared to let's say 2016. When he, you know, they had the superhero match with him in a uh, ricochet or 2017, whatever year that was. Um, Loved it. Yeah, so it's just a exposure thing. Like, for me, if you ask me who the most improved wrestler from last year to this year, like, it, for me, it's probably B Priestley. Um, she's a woman that literally a lot of people flat out s- thought sucked. Um, and now she's out here cranking out regular, like, three and a half level matches. Yeah. Um, you can say the same thing for like Tam Nakano, um, Hoshiki definitely, probably Hoshiki too, because like she was somebody that was just in tags and then stayed on tags and then also she, started, she got an uh, honorable mention. Yeah, and then she started rolling off four and a half star matches on the you know throughout the summer. So like, I mean, that's you know, no one saw that coming, no one. Um, so yeah, I mean, exposure.
1: Uh, most charismatic. So number three, Tetsuya Naito. Number two, Cody. Number one, Chris Jericho. Um, Yeah, we'll get to it with number four. So number four is Hiroshi Tanahashi. I'm sorry. I don't see – like, for what my tastes are, what I'm into, and, you know, how i receive received professional wrestling, I don't know a fucking planet that says Suya Naito is more charismatic than uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. This is kind of like – I feel like a reputation vote in The Observer because – Naito's won, like, the last two of these, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think he was more charismatic than Tanahashi ever.
2: I think I think a lot of people are into the subtle stuff, which is like, it's pro wrestling. Fuck that subtlety. I don't need subtle charisma. Like, that's, I need the rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, I mean, I would have voted Tanahashi. Based off this year, I would have voted Tanahashi over Naito.
1: Um, number five was MJF number six, John Moxley number hmm. seven, Becky Lynch number eight, orange Cassidy. He probably could have been higher. Number nine, Matt Riddle and number 10, Kenzo Miyahara.
2: Um, I think Riddle could have been a little bit higher. Um, like, or, or I'll say this, this year's Riddle is going to be higher than where he placed this year. Cause he's already off to a far better start. Um, Let's see who else. No, I think that's that's all I really have thoughts for it though. But yeah, like I mean, I Tanahashi and Naito I would have had. I would add flipped.
1: Um, I guess that that entrance really helps Cody a lot uh, that he does every <laughs> fucking week. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: uh, uh, Jericho is like too untouchable here, like just yeah. yeah, too much, just too much. The best technical wrestler, the Brian Danielson Award number three, Will Osprey. Number two, Brian Daniel Bryan. And number one in a super blowout, Zach Saber Jr.
2: Um I think Gulag should have got some shine. Konami from Stardom should have got some shine. Um Sonata as well. Um I I'm talking about like not top three, but like in the Sonata
1: was number four.
2: Okay, so that makes sense. So like Sonata wasn't like Sonata was incredible, um as a tech as a technician. Um trying to think what else would I put up there? Johnny, of course. Um where did Johnny finish He finished number eight. Okay, makes sense. He, may, he made it only wrestle fifteen matches that boy, good. But <laughs> it's just wild. Uh yeah, so I mean that's that's pretty much the gist of it. Like I think it's I think it's um I think Saber does his wrestling in a way to where like it can't be anyone but him ever anymore. Um
1: Yeah, a man I might win that shit until he dies. Yeah,
2: like it's just it's just you know, it's it's it is it is manipulation porn, so
1: um, so the Best Brawler Bruiser Brody Memorial Award number three Shingo Takagi mm-hmm. number two John Moxley and for the one two three four five sixth year in a row we're gonna have to go ahead and um, get his name also on the trophy eventually Tomohiro Ishii
2: you said Moxley finished second yes mm, all right
1: what's the rest of the list. So number four is Minoru Suzuki. Number five, Walter, uh number six, Blue Demon Jr. Number seven, Chris Jericho. Number eight, Nick Gage.
2: Okay, I'd have Walter in Nana Takahashi above um Moxley, but it is what it is. In Shingo too, but it is what it is. Like that's his thing. That's what's you know that's what people are into and I enjoy the shit out of his sprawling too, but those those are on those two people are on two different levels. Like Walter like, <laughs> Walter is Walter. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he, like, the, if not for, um...
1: Yeah, I think it's the output.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, if not for, like, Ishii and Shingo is, like, yo, I, he's <laughs> he's just so good at beating the piss out of people. So, okay.
1: yeah, um... Yeah. Hishi, there's no, like, bow down to the king, yeah. you know, like... I don't know how many Mortys you got to win to actually get a push in New Japan worth (laughs) a damn. Um, you know, come to AEW, Russell Kenny, you know, come do that. You know, y'all have five great matches. Um, (laughs) so, uh, up next, uh, the best flying wrestler, number three, dragon Lee; number two, Ray Phoenix and doubling his vote. Number one, will Ospreay still the best flying wrestler here. Um, Hmm.
2: Um I feel like that's I mean it, I mean if you went with either for me I think it's closer than people um, made it out to be between Ray Phoenix and um and Will but whatever those are the top 2 for me.
1: Yeah, Dragon Lee was uh really great too, yes, so um most overrated. Woohoo, WWE come on down. Uh.
2: Where did? Oh, quick question. <laughs> Where did EO finish on uh, Best Flyer? Not on the list. Wow. Okay.
1: So I'll go through the rest of it. Number four is El Iho Del Vikingo, favorite guy of mine in AAA. Number five, Ricochet, who's wrestling on main event now, apparently.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Number six, Shun Skywalker. Number seven, Tetsuya Endo. And tied for seven is Jacob Fatu. Okay. So most overrated. Number three, Bray Wyatt. Number two, Seth Rollins. And number one, who else could it be? Good old King Corbin. He's really gonna be the new Kane.
2: Yeah. And it's really impressive because now, like, Kane was always just like, all right, well, he's just a monster in a burn suit. And like Corbin has now won these, and like he's won like he's won two or three. I think he's won two in a row want to enroll like last year. He he wanted as a commissioner this or a authority figure. This year he wanted as a fucking Burger King king. king. <laughs> like yeah, it's, 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 that boy, that man, is, that man is versatile.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Seth Rollins like that most overrated. joint stuck to him. I think people figured out that his matches weren't that great anymore, and he wasn't worth having trouble. Uh, with how he opened his mouth and turned the fans against him, and also like oh. sold his homeboy out, and oh yeah, he, he caught a lot of like. And
2: he was also handcuffed to Corbin. Yep. And being handcuffed to Corbin will get you on this list.
1: So number four, we got Lacey Evans pushed way before she should have been. Number five. Hey,
2: hey, hey. Lacey Evans. What, who else Who else was handcuffed? Well, who was Lacey Evans handcuffed to during our part of this early summer? Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin. He gets everybody under. Uh, number five, Shane McMahon. Number
1: six, Ooh. the dentist, Britt Baker. Number seven, Jay White. Number eight, Brock Lesnar. Number nine, Sonata, and number ten, Cody.
2: Okay, so those are all the usual suspects that you'd imagine be on this list. Aside from Sonata, is it because of the few went too long with Okada? Why do you think? I he think Sonata. On this list? Just, Sonata's just a guy that people don't like. Huh.
1: Yeah. It, it, like in that that deep puro circles like they hate sonata for whatever reason like do they
2: think oh he should begin he shouldn't be getting this push he should be going to ishi or shingo or whoever the fuck.
1: no Goto idea.
2: yeah it should be pushing Goto not sonata oh, fuck
1: I yeah hear. no idea like,
2: like um i love sonata like granted like all the stuff that people say about him as far as having no charisma that's absolutely there but um that dude is that dude can do anything in the ring just about like between the flying and the technical uh, proficiency, like I, he's just so, he's so good at other stuff that it's like let's not worry nitpick and worry about like something like that like one gigantic learning hole when you have all this other stuff that he does well at a high level, super high level. So I mean, maybe I'm just you know glass half uh, full on him. I don't know.
1: So uh, number three, most underrated. So this is typically like most under pushed um so number three is toa hanare number two matt riddle number one shorty g mm, mm. look man matt riddle could be a main eventer anywhere yeah. right now yeah right yeah i don't think shorty g can be a main eventer anywhere I but think
2: he'd be a top junior yeah but that's yeah, that's a, a, re- yeah as far as go like he's a re- really
1: good push wrestler
2: yeah like he's somebody that should be you know the number well you should be like number three babyface in a promotion, like that's his ideal fit or whatever. <laughs> else. Um, but no, nah, Riddle R- it sh- Riddle should have won this. Yeah.
1: Uh, so number four was Ricochet. Five, Tomohiro Ishii. Six, uh, Mustafa Ali. Seven, Samoa Joe. Even though he's like ooh on the other I side, think was, and I think
2: the promo work.
1: Tide was Kashida. Uh, number nine was Cesaro, and number ten, Pack.
2: Yeah, I mean those are all people that have been underutilized in different promotions throughout the years. So I can see, I see that. Like, um...
1: so rookie of the year, we got uh, number three Cain Velasquez, number two Carl Fredericks, number one the Jungle oh, Boy. The I voted what? for Carl Fredericks. What was number one? The
2: Jungle Boy. Oh, okay. Uh, I, mean, I like Jungle Boy. If but. You so, know. if Jungle Boy is number one, does that mean that like, Darby didn't qualify because he was in Evolve?
1: Yes. Yes, uh, okay. he did not qualify.
2: Okay, fair enough, I guess.
1: Um, so, number four was Clark Connors. Number five, Chris Statlander. Six, Strong Machine J. Tied for seventh, Marco Stunt Private Party. Number nine, Alex Coughlin. Best non-wrestler. We've got Selena De La Renta at number three. Number two, Zelina Vega. Number one, Paul Heyman. Reputation vote i don't think he was anything special
2: what who else was on this list because like zelena didn't have a good year uh because they didn't utilize on andrade which is yep. like, they under how come andrade wasn't on the most underrated uh list that's crazy uh, but, uh, uh,
1: let's see he might have got honorable mention yeah he was honorable mention
2: okay so who else was on this uh this list that filled out the list for uh for best non-wrestler
1: all right. So number four was Gato. Number five, Tully Blanchard. Number six, William Regal. Number seven, Aubrey Edwards, the referee. Number eight, Katzioria Shibata. Number nine, Peter, and also number nine, Jake Hager. I voted for Jake Hager.
2: Okay, I would have. Hmm. There's just not there's not good options for non wrestlers anymore. It seems. Yeah. It's not. Like, if Zelina's having a down year for her, and then, like, she finished second, um... Yeah, man, it's just... It's just just bad. Um... It's a bad situation with, like, non-wrestling acts in WWE. Like, they need to stop playing and put fucking Stokely on TV. Stokely would immediately win this. They
1: could do that.
2: Stokely would immediately win this the second they put him on TV.
1: He got honorable mentions. And he's not (laughs) even on screen. (laughs)
2: Off the strip of YouTube and and, uh, and Twitter. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Stokely need to come win this. He stopped playing. Like, fuck Robert Stone. Put put Stokely on.
1: So, uh, best television announcer. We got number three, Tony Giovanni. Two, Excalibur. Number one, Kevin Kelly. This is Kevin Kelly's first ever, or excuse me, second win. He won it last year. Mm.
2: Oh. Okay. Um, I, have, I have no problem with that. Uh, if it's just only, you know, I have no problem with that.
1: Like, watch the G1 final. Like, <laughs> um, like, I mean,
2: you know, me personally, like, I prefer at this point now, like, I mean, I'm so, I still miss watching New Japan with, like, Japanese commentary because they're so much more animated than even, like, Kelly and, um, Rocky or Kelly and, um, uh, what's the Aussie's name? Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's fucking, a Bullet Club Mark.
1: Yeah, huge dude. Yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember his name. Yeah. But either way, like,
2: they're not, they're not nearly as, um, animated um, vocally is like the Japanese commentary.
1: Gino Gambino.
2: That's what it is. Yeah, like he he, they're all good, but it's just like New Japan, just like when I listen to, when I watch like Mexican or Japanese wrestling, I hear their announcers and they're losing their fucking minds. Like it's like oh, this is excellent. Like when Aerostar came off the top at Triple Mania and also some buddies yelling brutal 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 like I'm sorry that takes me to a whole nother level than Kevin Kelly talking about destiny like it's just it's just something different it's, like I appreciate it. he brings the energy but not to that level
1: so we'll, we'll just jump to worst television announcers <laughs> this this is loaded this is loaded with WWE so uh, number 3 Beth Phoenix Makes number sense. 2 Michael Cole mm-hmm. and number 1 Corey Graves.
2: Yeah. Graves won that because of his Twitter oh. game, not because he's worse than Cole. Uh, what I will say this one point, uh, I didn't mention, um, during the, my, during the opening match between, um, Daniel Bryan and Gulak, I thought that Cole and um, Graves were very good. Hmm. Like they called it like a straight thing. They were like, it was almost like this wasn't even there. Like it was, it was almost like it was like it was on the network that's how good it was like they were calling like an NXT match or a tournament match for the UK tournament like I thought it was very good um their, their commentary and they helped get over like the story of this is master versus you know uh versus pupil sort of um and you know the fact of what Daniel Brown was going through with his history of neck injuries, or whatever else, and like the concern—not the like hushed tones concern, but like the concern of yo, he's fucking up this dude's neck, and he has a bad neck history, and he's gonna win this match. Like I, I thought they did good, but oh, now that I get now that I give them the praise that they deserve for what they did last night, last year they were awful. So yeah. and they're and they're always handcuffed together, and. You know, it's funny because everyone's picking on Renee last year because of how bad the commentary uh, team was. Because they're always fucking with Renee. Uh, because Graves wants to fuck with Renee, and then Renee's been gone, and they're on SmackDown, and they're just a nothing show. Like they, like SmackDown yeah. is so inconsequential to my viewing yeah. habits yeah. as a people person that cares about the main roster. Like, I, it's crazy.
1: So Byron Saxon finished number eight. I don't think he should have been on there at all. Byron Saxon was excellent last year.
2: I think he's probably uh, excellent for the Kofi stuff, but everything else is yeah. just typical. I don't think yeah. he's awful. I think he's, he's just in the middle of the pack person. Like he's indistinguishable. Well, players. think about it. After the Kofi thing, I mean, didn't
1: they shake all that shit up and he was like gone? So it that's was right. Like-
2: they put in um buddy that was a uh, Brendan Williams and they 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 fired him after like nine episodes yeah. and they moved on. Yeah. So, um. Or transitioning back to wrestling, sorry, not fine.
1: Yeah. Uh Best Major Show. So number three, we got NXT Takeover New York. We got number two, Wrestle Kingdom thirteen and number one, AEW double or nothing. So, and-
2: so where did um full gear finish?
1: So full gear finish and honorable mention. What number? First one. There was only one. There was one vote separating them and number ten. So
2: Okay. So they were one vote better than 10. So when we did our award show and I went on that rant about how dumb it was that they were in front of New York or NXT New York or whatever else, and you just like, hey, whatever, you know, I'm just like, all right, okay. So there you go, more voting, less AEW marks in our voting. There you go.
1: So we got uh, number four is the G1 Climax Final, number five, uh, Best Super Junior Finals, number six and seven, two different DDT shows, uh, number eight, Dominion, number nine, WrestleMania. Hell no.
2: Um hey, look, um Hell no. Look, I don't agree. It wouldn't be one of my 10 favorite matches, but if you're a person that's into moments over actual uh wrestling in ring, then it had it, it's a it was from a moment perspective of beating Brock, Kofi, and Becky, sure. But as far as the ring action, no. Nah. Um, I'm just. And, all I'm saying is I get how someone can arrive at feeling that way to vote for it. I'm not agreeing with it, but I can see how they came to that conclusion. That's all I'm saying. Uh,
1: then tied for ninth was NXT TakeOver 25.
3: Okay.
2: So,
1: um, worst major wrestling show.
3: Wrestling <laughs> is probably on it.
1: It's not. Actually, it is. It is on there. It's, it's number okay. five. Okay. So, um, number three, Crown Jewel. <laughs> the Saudi show's killing it. <laughs> number two, Hell in a Cell, and number one, WWE Super Showdown, was headlined by Undertaker and Goldberg. Yeah, man. Just a, a parade of suck.
2: Yeah, the Saudi show's all stink, all of them. Like, I think the best one is probably the one with, uh, the tag match with uh Kane and Undertaker versus DX, where like Sean where they don't catch Sean on a fucking moonsault to the floor, like <laughs> like that might be the best Saudi the show they've done. Um, and that's because like you had a Ray and Miz match that was pretty good. I think there's a Randy Orton and Ray match that's that's good in it. And then like at the end of that tournament, you get fucking <laughs> you get Shane winning the best in a role thing on the uh, like just swooping in and beating uh Ziggler for it. Like it's it's a mess. It's Saudi Arabia shows, like, those are those are just, like, gut punches. Like, you know they're gonna suck, and then you hear that they suck, and then you watch them, and they're somehow worse than what you were told about how bad they suck, even though you knew they were gonna suck to begin with. Like, it's just it's just levels shows upon levels of a, shit. Those are
1: an albatross. Um, they're, they, they fuck up the calendar, they fuck up the, yes. like, the yes. like the tra- tra- like the travel getting there. No one wants to be there. Yeah. Like and, and it, it shows.
2: And yeah, and then yeah, you saw it, the travel again there. Yeah, they couldn't even get fucking back this uh, last t- or um, <laughs> uh, during one of the shows. And th- another thing is like, at least like the first year is like okay. Well, the women aren't going. All right, we get Evolution. We even get into fucking Evolution this year. Evolution was the best pay per view WWE we put on in the main roster in 2018. We couldn't even get that back. Nope. You know why? No, Rhonda. Exactly. Um,
1: and you know they don't actually trust it. never mind, I'm nope. not I'm not going to no get into no main
2: young classic either. Uh, this year,
1: yeah, I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> then ass. uh, Hell in a itself was fucking horrible too. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that main event the an embarrassment team, to the sport. The first
2: two, it was a lot like um, it was like the worst version of the pay per view that we just reviewed earlier. Where was like. Yeah, the first two matches are very good, so you're off to a great start in the first 40 minutes, however long, and then after that, n- nope, never recovers. Except it hell on a cell, like the sh- the matches on the back end were far more worse than the you know the average ass matches we got for um, the Maze Chamber.
1: Right. Um, then best wrestling maneuver. Um, so we've got Kazuchika Okada with a Rainmaker. Number two, Kenny Omega with the One Wing Angel. And number one, breaking the streak that Kenny had going back to 2016, is Will Osprey with the Stormbreaker.
3: Mm.
1: Interesting there. Um, other notable moves, number four, Will Ospreay's Hidden Blade. I actually like that more than the Stormbreaker. Uh, number five, the Juice Effect. <laughs> the Juice Effect. I, that's, I think that's what I voted for, was the Juice Effect. Uh, number six, Shingo Takagi Last of the Dragon. Number seven, Kota Ibushi's Kamagoye. Number eight, Darby Allen's Coffin Drop. What up, Dan? And uh tied with number eight, Shingo Takagi's pumping bomber. Number ten, Ray Phoenix's tight rope kick. Lots of good moves
2: there. Yeah, I mean if you ask me, like I would take out of that list, I take Phoenix's uh rope walk rope running kick because like who the fuck else is able to do some shit like that? Um but you know, whatever. It's fine.
1: And then um, the next award, most disgusting promotional tactic. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, ROH using Enzo and Cass at MSG without telling New Japan. Number two, UFC and USADA's handling of John Jones. Number one, WWE continuing to do business in Saudi Arabia. It's the worst thing they do. It gets yuckier every time they have to go back. These shows become more transparent. They become worse, quality-wise, and that money keeps arriving late.
2: Yeah. Like, I still can't believe they're giving these boys like a, a 40 to $60 million credit line <laughs> between shows. I don't get that.
1: <laughs> Crazy. Uh, number. Worst television show. So number three, we've got Ring of Honor Wrestling. Number two,
2: WWE SmackDown. Number one, WWE Raw. Yeah, you know what's funny? Next year is going to be swapped and it's going to be SmackDown's going to be worse than than Raw, even though Raw is the three hour show.
1: Can't wait. (laughs) Can't wait. Bruce (laughs) Fisher running this shit to the ground. Vince McMahon fucking it up. Worst match of the year. So, number three, Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Number two, The Undertaker versus Bill Goldberg. And number one, the Fiend versus Seth Rollins, minus five stars. You want you want something legendary out of the archives? Go listen to our uh, review on that show. Uh, I hated that match. I hated everything it had to do with like you know putting Rollins in there as a as a bad babyface against. Uh, Bray Wyatt, who's a bad wrestler, who actually does have the crowd like cheering him, so like, but you can't actually beat him, so they got to do goofy shit. So, um, the they had the the level of parody that was reached in the match. I always talk about from WrestleMania 34 when uh, Roman started kicking out of all those F5s, where it was just like comedy at that point. They had the big fucking uh, hammer like Gallagher
2: uh, in the fucking hell in a cell. Yes the, had- yes, the Joker mallet. Yes, or sorry, the Harley Quinn mallet. Yes
1: they have the referee breaking kayfabe, calling stuff by his real name and shit, and, like, knowing this shit's ridiculous. You have the fucking ridiculous red light. You have the fucking toy cage or whatever, like the big red cage, like that's just like, yo, this is...
2: No, no, it was a red cage, cage that they trash. put on the red light and it's like, that's. you don't think that's redundant? No? No? Okay, Bro, whatever.
1: Just levels upon levels of trash, like... This might be one of the worst matches I've ever seen. <laughs> well, Bray Wyatt ain't getting no more over. Seth definitely ain't getting no more over. Uh, all the
2: fans of Chin AEW. I remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, that match sucked. Um. I would have voted for this for for worst match of the year. Like, is it actually in fact the worst match I saw I saw last year from a technical standpoint? No. Like, I watched twelve year olds wrestle in in opening cards on Stardom, but they weren't out there for God knows how long in a main event spot doing dumb shit. They're just they're just twelve year olds that are learning how to wrestle.
1: Then we got um. Let's see what we got. Uh we got worst feud of the year, Baron Corbin all over this fucking thing. So let's start with him first. He was on number six, number five, number four, and number three.
2: That boy dominant. Yeah. <laughs> that boy so, dominant.
1: Number three was Roman Reigns versus King Corbin. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh number two, Rusev and Bobby Lashley. Of course, led to the wedding.
2: Hey, Yikes. you know that like Corbin and Roman's gonna be on here for next year too, right? Yep. Just, just a heads up he's gonna be here next year too
1: and number one seth rollins versus the fiend it doesn't get much worse
2: yeah 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 um i'm trying to think seth roman i'm sorry uh seth versus the fiend or 2018's non-feud of sasha versus bailey which one's worse
1: this for sure, because this undoubtedly damaged um, Seth Rollins so bad that I, I don't think he's ever going to be an effective babyface again. Uh, Bray Wyatt, they did like Seth Rollins beat his ass too much, so they stopped the match. It was just, it was bad before the match. It was bad during the match. It was bad after the match. Like, it was just like the Sasha and Billy thing is just a running gag at this point.
2: Yeah, don't disagree. I just wonder what your thoughts were.
1: All right, worst promotion of the year. Number three, we got Impact Wrestling. Number two, Ring of Honor. And number one, World Wrestling Entertainment.
2: Yeah. That's gonna be the case. Like they're um back to back. Yeah. Uh like their popularity is in the fact that there's more people watching them put on bad TV as opposed to the bad TV, the impact, the Ring of Honor, or I don't know, anywhere else puts on that will frankly put people out of business. Like, gonna we'll put them out of business. So, um, just them, them being so large that they have more eyes on them is going to get them on this top, get them top three for worst promotion all the time. And quite frankly, they put out a lot of shitty wrestling, too. So, I... I, I and I mean, people are voting for, like, stuff that doesn't have to do with the wrestling Their business practices. Right.
1: They're freaking poaching the, the way they've cannibalized Europe, the... Right.
2: Right. So, for those that are like, uh, Fed Defense Squatters or people that just hate, uh, Meltzer and thinks (laughs) that he has poisoned the well for his listeners, which is like, I don't know. I just think different anybody else that does any other show. Like, I'm sure people that listen to our show that are influenced by what we listen, by what we say because they listen to our fucking show, of course. But, um, I think, I mean, just regardless of whatever it is, like, Ring of Honor when it stinks isn't gonna be as bad as WWE when it stinks because WWE has far more people watching it. So they're gonna see more more people are gonna see that stink on the WB side. And I'm sorry, that's just how it goes for for these kind of popularity or unpopularity uh contests like these voting uh things are. It is what it is. Um, you get, like you working yourself up, getting upset about some shit. That like, oh yeah, there was got, a lot of people upset about a lot yeah, of shit. Like, yeah, like people were so upset. Like, I can't believe this shit finished uh, first place for its promotion. What about the It's like, did y'all? So you're not imagining the fact that they also finished number three for best. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think another part of it is like they know the reason why that shit got voted number three was because like the shit that happened not on not on the main roster, but whatever.
1: Shit funny. Um, So, Best Booker uh, number three, Tony Khan number two, Triple H number one,
2: Gato. Um, I think it's I think it's weird that Tony Khan's on there because like, is he actually the Booker or like the EVPs the Bookers or where we don't even know their infrastructure? Even like, come up with a guess on that.
1: I mean, Tony Khan's got the last say. That's everything I read. So, like. Okay,
2: so in theory, that means he's a Booker just the way Vince is a Booker. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, so, I If that's the case, then starting so, next year, uh, Tony Khan should be number two.
1: Yeah, he's going to be, uh, depending on what Gato does this year. So, yeah.
2: like, I would like to, I would really, I would really like to see that. Um, um, with Triple H and whatever he's doing in the PC with uh, the, with WWE, or sorry, the NXT, like, I would like to see what he could do for a full year without having to, uh, <laughs> without having having full autonomy, without having to deal with someone might be getting called up. They want to bring Charlotte down. I would like to see what it does. Like, I, I think he does, I think he's really good at planning out stuff ahead of time, knowing where he's going to go, but, um he gets himself in some weird situations when injuries come into play as well. So he, uh, I think these are all very good bookers and people that like, I love their TV. So like, ultimately, um, I'm just wondering, like with triple H, I see the weaknesses, uh, like so far Khan, um, you know, he's willing to experiment in, you know, at first and he's starting to hone in on what, what people actually want. So he's getting better. So, um, and Gato's Gato's just just the best. So
3: <laughs> yeah, he's. More...
1: I
2: have I have no notes for Gato except for like maybe just you know, uh, no I have no notes. I have no notes.
1: Yeah, he he won uh, looks like eight out of ten awards last decade. So, and he won the Observer Hall of Fame last year. Yeah, so. I think but I that think that the one year good. that he
2: didn't win was on uh, Triple H one NXT, him and Ryan were together.
1: Yeah, um, so promoter of the year number three, Triple H. Number two, Harold May and Takagi Kadani. And number one, Tony Khan taking a promotion from zero to national television in under a year and getting renewed uh, and making money by a second year.
2: Yeah. Um, I think next year, Kadani should, um, well, depending on how this scare goes, how this, not scare, but like how this thing goes with was affecting um, attendance or whatever for New Japan and stardom. But with the addition of stardom and how, how much their attention shot up since, uh, Kidani and, and Bush got their hands on it. Like, I think he should be getting some looks for number one promoter next year. Um, this wasn't
1: even close. Tony Collins, super blowout.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously, because he he built from nothing to you know what I'm saying like is, he built from nothing to this, and then now like next year it's on what he can sustain from and or grow from what he, what he's, what his benchmark is. Like with Stardom, Stardom last year uh, compared to what has been so far this year before the uh, the epidemic or whatever else or the, the health scare, like um, they're on a they're they're on a I mean they've almost doubled their attendance, or not doubled their attendance, but like close to it um so i would i would say you know from that and plus you know uh what they've been doing with consistently with um the two year or sorry selling out two domes or sell 70, to two dome shows like that, that's definitely a feather in their cap uh for kadani um going to two thousand 2019's awards so um i'm sorry 2020's awards sorry
1: Tony Khan showing pay-per-views, not a dead medium um, <laughs> and doing like over 100,000 buys multiple times and flat out just like AW is just the most talked about promotion anywhere you look on the Internet. And a lot of that had to do with him and also how, how he interacts like with the media and he um, does the after press shows round. like to their face, he had a press press conferences to their face. And I, I think he's just really popular uh, all around. So up next, we got Best Gimmick. So number three will be Orange Cassidy. Number two, Chris Jericho. And number one, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Look, it was creative. It was a cool look. Matches sucked, but um, people liked it. And people were really... When he lost that belt, people were upset.
2: Yeah. Like, he's polarizing, just like we talk about... um... WWE for most popular and um, I'm sorry for best promotion worst promotion is like there is a lot of stuff that people enjoyed There's also a lot of stuff people didn't enjoy um, between the, the gimmick for, for Wyatt so I thought it I thought it uh, warranted being um, for placing or whatever so
1: so the worst gimmick number three the fiend Bray Wyatt there
2: you go, there you go.
1: <laughs> number two King Corbin and number one Shorty G
2: <sighs> so number two and one so, were both so what did, Corbin.
1: Correct. So 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 what did you think Shorty G actually was? Because I know what I think it was.
2: Shorty G? Uh I thought it was they were trying to give him a nickname that was supposed to be endearing. It's almost like um remember when they were trying to give Neville a, a Mighty Mouse gimmick? Yeah. Like I wouldn't say necessarily that exact thing, but it was supposed to be like he's the undersized underdog you're supposed to root behind, and then it just didn't work at all because like they lost steam on it because Corbin makes every turns everything to shit, and like he was one of those three week push type dudes or whatever else.
1: Yeah, um yeah, I, I have my own ideas on what I thought Shorty G was, but um. <laughs> So let's go to uh best pro wrestling book. Uh, number three, Mary Kane by Glenn Jacobs. Number two, voice of wrestling, new Japan urine uh, review, 2018 version. And number one, 100 things that WWE fans should know or do before they die by Brian Alvarez. I do not own this book. Uh, usually I always buy Alvarez's books, but I just hadn't got around to this one. Uh, it's fucking hilarious uh, that they won. Oh, you read it.
2: I haven't read it yet, but I bought it. Um, uh, yeah, but it, it's clearly like it's it's the influence thing or whatever else. Like, I'm sure somebody that you know hates their guts is going to look at that thing and say, "Look, their marks just bought the merch." It's like, well, that's kind of how that works. Um, and it's fine. Uh, it's not the end of the world.
1: But so when are we gonna rename this, this category? So this is Brian Alvarez's third win. Uh, <laughs> on the, we're gonna have to rename the the category the Brian Alvarez
2: Best Pro Wrestling Book uh, Category um that's hilarious uh but yeah i just i don't know man it's i didn't i I haven't read any of these books so i can't give it any so i, I you know i can't read. all
1: i know is death of wcw is fucking great and i just skim through it all the time it's right on my phone
2: yeah i um i've skimmed through a few parts of it and i enjoyed it but yeah i just um i mean I'm not. I'm not a person that's really into going through like, especially most of these books. Wrestling books are like biographies, so it's like I'm not. I'm not there to do that big of a deep dive yet on some stuff. Maybe another time in my life I will be, but like I just, you know, I want to see the the people of Russell. Uh, so I have no. I have no qualifications to answer whether that's a good choice or a bad choice or whatever else. But like clearly, uh, the 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 F4W fans were influenced by having a a F4W contributor to write a book, obviously. And it's so, um, it's
1: okay. uh, and then the last award, uh, best pro wrestling documentary, um, was number three, the Wrestlers Voodoo Wrestling in the Congo. Never saw that. Number two, the Kenny Omega Mega Man one, uh, and number one, the Dark Side of the Ring uh, series. Some of those episodes, I think, were, were worthless, like the Montreal Screwjob one. And then other ones were very interesting, like the Bruiser Brody one or the Vine Eric one or the Gino Hernandez one. So a lot of those are good, aside from, you know, when people were capping bullshit on the uh, Montreal Screwjob.
2: Yeah, I, um, since they do allow series, what was the series advice that, uh, for like following basically like subgenres of wrestling? Like, for example, they had one for one for deathmatch wrestling, like CZW, and then another one they did for Stardom, for example. Those are the Vice ones. Was it called, is I it called? Think, The Wrestler? Or I think it
1: was or? The Wrestlers, yeah. Were it in place at all, or no? The The Wrestlers had two different entries. It was Voodoo Wrestling in the Congo and Craziest Wrestling in Japan.
2: Okay, all right.
1: But those are the
2: awards. All right, uh, thanks for going through that. We probably should have cut it off earlier, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's it, this show. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at TV, the sponsor of this show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit pro dot slash social suplex pick up some official social suplex podcast network merchandise also be sure to check out some the other shows on the network on sundays we have monday radio tuesdays we have keeping a strong style on wednesdays we have the ricky and Clyde wrestling podcast every other wednesday we have and washes shit on thursdays i'm sorry on fridays we have getting the ring and on saturdays we have all things elite thanks for listening
1: hey kenny in the bucks six stars and uh Hey Man Paige uh using the book on you boys,
2: psychology. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let y'all. <laughs> Peace.